clang, clang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang, clang a lang a lang a lang a lang. Nobody does it better. And I'm a naked woman in silhouette with a gun, spinning round. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it. Oh, bit of nipple. And now, really big bounce right over, and I land on my feet. Da, 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 da. I wasn't looking. <laughs> somehow you found me. Oh, uh, bit of bush. Uh, <laughs> I tried to hide from your love life, and a woman swinging on a luger, a giant luger. Ooh, look at that. Uh, like heaven above me. And now, another naked woman walking along the top of a gun, completely Billy Bollocks. That's why you love me. Just keeping all my secrets safe tonight, and then one more big swing from a woman. Legs go right apart. Oh, what was that? Too late. <laughs> Nobody does it half as good as you. Baby, you're the best. Deep in the hundred acre wood where Christopher Robin plays. You'll find the enchanted neighborhood of Christopher's childhood days. A donkey named Eeyore is his friend, and Kanga and Little Roo. There's Rabbit and Piglet, and there's Owl, but most of all, Winnie the Welcome back to Double Oz Seven for our bi-monthly episode, <laughs> <laughs> which we were doing pretty good on, but then we took a bit of a break because we got busy with other shows. But we're back now because we got nothing to do on our other shows, and we are continuing on our road to No Time to Die as we bring you commentaries alternated with recaps of movies from the Bond actors. And it's not a problem that we were delayed about a month in getting this episode out because I guarantee No Time to Die is going to get delayed more than a month again uh, by the time we actually reach it. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, we get to talk about more, Roger Moore, as we're doing the commentary here for everybody's favorite Roger Moore film. And I believe this was number one on our average rankings for Bond films. Am I right about that? Very correct. Very correct, Colin. Here we go. Number one on basically all of our ranking lists. Yeah, so according to 007, the greatest Bond film of all time, The Spy Who Loved Me, and we get to do the commentary here today. My name is Colin, keeping the Canadian end up, sir. And my name is Ben, and I need you, but so does 007. (laughs) But it really doesn't, because we're not that committed. (laughs) (laughs) No, true. Yeah, see, that's what Ben said to Mallory today. Uh, (laughs) Noah uh, did not have a date, so... (laughs) <laughs> he had no need to come up with excuses of leaving he, he for double racist somewhere i think yeah exactly <laughs> uh spy who loved me um we go through these commentaries every month or so and every month or so i have the same response when ben says we're doing next i'm like didn't we do the commentary for that already <laughs> this is one i know we didn't do the commentary for because um uh, well it's been a while since we've talked about this movie uh, I'm really excited. I mean, this this is the number one film on uh, our average rankings. 
Um, I think I had it at number four, maybe. If memory serves you right, Ben, where was this on your list? Uh, the 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 answer to that question, Colin Hilding, is uh, the following: uh, You had it at number four, that is correct, <laughs> and I had it at number three, and Noah had it go. at number one. So for once, Noah was not being racist or couldn't get a date, but put this at number one because it was his date, I guess. And since Noah accurately guessed the spot of our average rankings, he we decided to give him – we gave him the year off. Yes. Uh, there you go. That's what Paid he wanted. vacation. <laughs> he wanted his reward. You can have anything. I want the yeah. year off. I don't want to do any more work on this crap show. <laughs> uh, before we even get into this, uh, I can't believe I almost forgot this, but we should probably make our major announcement here. Oh, yes. Uh, in that, that's that <laughs> – Double R Seven is officially on Patreon. Yay! That's right. Give us money. Pay us. You can pay us for more quality content <laughs> like we bring you. Um, when we feel ben, like you've it. Got, <laughs> you've got the tiers up there. I mean, you could run I through do. this, but uh, uh, people can, you know, obviously support our show we, before we even get into what you pay. This isn't so we can make money, uh, <laughs> isn't it? Because let's, oh. let's well. <laughs> It's so that we can lose less money, essentially, because between all of our shows, uh, there are a lot of you know, fees to actually host the podcast and everything. Uh, and essentially, this would be a way that uh, you could give back to us for all the hours of hilarious entertainment we provided you over the years. And we'll continue to provide you going forward. Um, we're going to give you some exclusive content here, some some free giveaway stuff. Not really free because you're paying us for it. But uh, Ben, do you want to run through what people can pay us for? Absolutely. If they want a little bit more double seven. Okay. Well, for the Ben Waterworth private account, if you pay me a thousand dollars, I can continue my meth addiction as we've continued to talk. Was it crack? <laughs> I can't remember what my last addiction I made up was. Um, Drugs and hookers, that's all I want. No. Um, <laughs> I'm disappointed now that we're not here to make money. I thought, oh, far out. Like, what am I doing this if, if enough people want to give, I'm sure we'll we'll pad our accounts a little bit, but it'll take a while to get there. <laughs> In all seriousness, we have three tiers, and because we are a James Bond podcast, of course we have named it after James Bond-related items. So for a measly $3 a month, that's it, that's $3, you can stop buying that coffee once a week and think, hey, Ben and Colin need that $3 because I listen to their show while I drink my coffee, so therefore they should have it. The Daniel Craig's Little Finger Tier, you get an exclusive bonus episode each month. So I know you're only getting like one or two at the moment, but we will record one just for you. And think about it, if you're the only person who gets this, You'll be the only person who gets it. Like, you'll have a private episode. It would be like, Chris Dixon, welcome to your episode. This month, Colin and I talk about Daniel Craig's little finger. Is it really worth (laughs) putting in orifices and things like that? We discuss exclusively for Chris Dixon. So that's big incentive right there. You also will have access to a private Facebook group to discuss everything James Bond with all of us. Like, we, even Noah, we will force him to talk James Bond with you. Like, we will mm-hmm. put a gun to his head. Noah, talk to Chris Dixon about James Bond right now. Uh, and you also get a personal shout-out on our website. Now, if that's not worth $3, nothing is. Uh, for $5 a month, the George Lazenby's Guts tier, which, let's be honest, sells itself, uh, you get all of those benefits plus... You also get to vote on a bonus episode of what you want to host. So, although you may get that exclusive one 
in the three dollar a month you, you don't get to choose you just have to put up with what we talk about we might get lazy we might be like welcome to double seven we're gonna talk about colin's children and you're like ah, oh, i'm paying three dollars <laughs> for this crap um but if you pay five dollars you get to choose you can say i want you to talk about george lazenby's guts this month so there you go you get to vote on that you also get an exclusive signed photo of a james bond actor by one of us that's right we will get a photo done of any James Bond actor you want and you can choose one of us three to sign it and we will send it to you. So if you've always wanted mm-hmm. a George Lazenby photo signed by Colin Hilding, this is the tier for you. <laughs> and he will write whatever you want. He will fake the signature of George Lazenby to make it look real. Like, he can do that. Apparently he's pretty good at that. And the best one, for $10 a month, the Pierce Brosnan's chest hair tier which is worth it you get all of those benefits from the first tier plus you get an entire episode brought to you by whatever you want so like if you are out there and you run a small business you run a a printing company and you've always wanted johnny's printing company to be a sponsor of a podcast we will gladly go into an episode this episode brought to you by johnny's printing company but if, for example, you are a big fan of, I don't know, Taylor Swift. I hate Taylor Swift. I will say that right now. But if you pay me $10 a month, I will gladly come on this episode and go, this episode brought to you by Ben Waterworth's fandom of Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. Like, you could make me say whatever you want within reason. I'm- you, if, you, <laughs> if you are Chris Dixon and you want this episode brought to you by Chris Dixon's armpit hair, yes. we will say this episode brought to you by Chris Dixon's armpit hair. Exactly. Literally whatever you want. And Just you, your business, Taylor Swift, whatever you want. And if it's racist and inappropriate, we'll get Noah to read it because he's fine with that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, you will also get a private Skype, Zoom or phone call every month with myself, Colin, Noah, all of us. And you can talk about James Bond. Like you get a private chat. What Rob has a podcast doesn't offer that. Rob's busy. He's got lots of shit to do, right? He, he doesn't have time. We're not busy. Well, we are, but not as busy as Rob. <laughs> So we've got the time to have a phone call with you. There you go. If you love us, you want to chat with us privately. Ben, you're an idiot because you like Die Another Day. Ben, you're great because you love Die Another Day. I don't know. Here you go. Uh, and you also get exclusive access to planned memorabilia releases in the future. Now, we're, we're planning this. If you listen to us on the Oz Network, download now via all good podcast platforms. You would have noticed that we've started a t-shirt line. It's selling through the roof. We've sold one. It's great. Um, <laughs> two. We, t- 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 two. Shit! <laughs> we can retire! <laughs> Fuck Patreon! We're, we're rich on, on, double, on, on the Oz Network. Um, we plan to do, we, if you listen to some of our episodes, we've obviously done a lot of jokes about t-shirts. So um, you will get first access and discounts and all that sort of stuff. So we'll, we'll link it on our website. If you go to doubleoz7.wordpress.com on this posting, you'll see the link on there. But we'll also share it on our social media as well. So as Colin said... You know, in all seriousness, we're not going to make money off this. This is just a little bit of coin in the bank that kind of helps towards, I guess, our our server costs and things like that. Uh, I mean, it would be fantastic if George Lazenby or Pierce Brosnan discover us and go, fuck, these guys are great. I'm going to give them a million dollars and come on the show. Fantastic. We will make, we'll gladly accept it. But in all seriousness, this is a, a big passion project of ours and we love doing it and we will do this for free for the rest of our lives. But, you know, a couple of dollars here and there with a bit of extra fun. And like, in all seriousness, although it's only a couple of dollars, like I actually seriously look forward to 
having a private chat with somebody about this who listens to our show and mm-hmm. seriously if somebody wants me to sign a photo of sean connor i will like i mean <laughs> you gotta pay for it like i'm not free i mean <laughs> and, and we're flexible too if you want us to sign a photo of bb yeah. we'll do that as well yeah <laughs> anything jake bond related exactly vargas and you know and, and just add to that i mean you know We've kind of been doing these um, uh, bi-monthly episodes, you know, covering Zardoz with Sean Connery and Man from Hong Kong with Lazenby, just as a way of, you know, testing out, okay, some extra material. Those are going to continue to be brought to you for free uh, up until No Time to Die. So we're going to have a Roger Moore film, uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. But th- there are endless opportunities for what the bonus episodes could be. Absolutely. You could have us go back and just revisit uh, a movie. You could have us go back and if you want the bonus episode to be ranking something, we will rank something James Bond related. And these are going to be exclusive only for those who pay on the Patreon. Uh, we can even do non-James Bond. You want to hear us and uh, our thoughts on Mission Impossible, Born, anything like that. You know, tons of opportunities of what it could be uh, as long as there's some type of time to bond. And you know what? If there's no time to bond and, and you want to pay you know, the upper tier, hey, we'll do an episode on Taylor Swift. <laughs> God, I shouldn't have suggested that. We're going to have to – I would rather do Fifty Shades of Grey, people. Like, at least there's boobs in that. Well, now that's in their heads, Ben. <laughs> okay, let's just take two. Patreon, this is what it is. That's what you get. <laughs> No mixing and matching, no personal choice. Yeah, well, you know, that's st- Stiff Biscuits, all right? <laughs> stiff Biscuits? What? Uh- <laughs> stiff Biscuits. There's the title of our episode, oh, Stiff man. Biscuits. I don't want this to be called Stiff Biscuits. The spy who loved commentary. <laughs> needs to be called something better than <laughs> Stiff Biscuits. Come up with something better during this episode, Ben. But that will be our final tier that we release on Patreon. <laughs> By the time No Time to Die is out, Stiff Biscuits Stiff tier. Stiff Biscuits tier. Yes. Coming soon. The Taylor Swift podcast, Stiff Biscuits. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, help support the show even just a little bit. Anything helps. Uh, we will gladly bring you more content than we bring you now if you pay us. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the movie here. <laughs> wow, we've really become one of those podcasts all of a sudden. You sold out, man. You used to be fun. <laughs> it used to be about the art. <laughs> now you're following the man, aren't you? You're just going with the vibe. <laughs> you know, you got a bit of fame. And he's following it, you know. This used to be fun. I went out. That's why Noah left, you know. <laughs> That's why Noah's gone, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we we should get into the movie here. If you have not watched one of our commentaries before, uh, cue up The Spy Who Loved Me on whatever copy you have. And as soon as you see the MGM lion appear, just hit pause because uh, we're going to count down into it. And uh, it'll it'll kind of be a three, two, one something. And Casper's very excited to get in here, as you can hear. Yay, <laughs> Casper. I want to watch The Spy Who Loved Me. <laughs> Egyptian drivers. Um, <laughs> What what is our countdown word gonna be? What's our cue word? I think I just said it. Egyptian drivers. No. Did Casper? Did he just... He's very animated. <laughs> what was his suggestion? Uh, I think it's I think it's Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm happy with that. Okay, it's gonna be three, two, one. Okay, actually, just okay. Colin, before you do, I just, well, just really quickly, I feel really rude, actually, just interrupting you here, but I also feel very rude that we haven't checked in with our, our good friend who kind of joins us now oh, on these hold episodes. On. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> don't, don't let me forget. Okay, um, so as we're getting ready to do this commentary, uh, Pierce, Pierce, are you there? I don't want to have to do this ever again. 
Really? He doesn't want to be here. Why okay. does he never want to be here? Like, yeah, okay. Oh. Uh, Pierce, uh, are you a fan of Roger Moore? Are you excited to cover the greatest James Bond film, uh, even though it's not a Pierce Brosnan movie? Shirley Bassey. Hmm? You want Shirley Bassey instead. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> sure. That's the next film. She comes back for the next film, Pierce, but thank you. Yep. Thank you, as always, Pierce, for dropping it. <laughs> yep. Oh, hang on. What? I don't know what that... What was that ding sound? Yeah, I don't know what that dinging sound is either. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that must have been Casper in the background as well. Okay, Possibly. sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt nap time, Pierce. All right. uh, we will continue on with Spy Who Loved Me here. You still okay. Are you awake? Hang on. Wake up. We're, we're, we're awake, Pierce. Why are you telling us to wake yes. up? What are you talking Yes. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Pierce! <laughs> Just... Are you okay? <laughs> I don't think he's okay. <laughs> Can we start a hashtag free Pierce campaign? Like, I think there's some things to be concerned about with Pierce. I, 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 want, I want that T-shirt. Put it on a T-shirt. There we go. <laughs> yep. Um, what is it? Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, yep. something that like that, right? to me. All right. Okay, and three, two, one. <laughs> I heard your line. Oh, that's what Casper was doing. He was doing the lion roar. Doing the lion roar, coming soon to the Oz Network. I already think I'm like five seconds behind you now, so that's all right. I don't know. I got a United Artists logo right now. Yeah, but your lion roared before mine did, so. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> pausing. One, two, three, four. There we go. We're caught up. All right. Everybody else is screwed, but we're caught up. What a nice looking um, United Artists logo. I want to get your, I, not, not opinion now, because I think we can all agree now, like this is a great soundtrack, even if it was a little bit disco-y at times, but first impression seeing this movie was the a, a disco-ish sound a little bit distracting because I remember seeing this movie for the first time loving the movie and being like wow that is such a bad soundtrack you, and then it was only on multiple viewings where I'm like that it's it's got such a unique sound there's so much really great dramatic music in here but first impression hated the soundtrack you know it's it's this is actually one of the Bond films that I sadly can't remember watching for the first time you know what I mean it's kind of just it's one of these ones that I think I just watched in the mix of when you're in the in the zone of watching all the Bond films so I don't have a huge recollection of first opinions of this film except for maybe Jaws maybe thinking like oh Jaws how great is he but um oh boobs um sorry um but yeah I mean like the soundtrack to me I've never had a problem with it I mean this has got the greatest Bond song in the history of Bond songs, so I kind of I just hold it a candle high for that pure alone of the soundtrack. But I mean, it's not as jarring as Goldeneye as such a, a turn. Your eyes only, even. yeah. Um, it works. I mean, it's 1977, right? So like, I mean, it kind of you want to talk about a product of its time. I think kind of it just it yeah. makes it feel like a very 70s movie. But at the same time, this movie often doesn't feel like a 70s movie to me. Like, I think this movie. Mm -hmm is it holds up very well, The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, so I think kind of that's maybe your only connection to the fact that this is made in the 70s. So, yeah, I don't really have a better answer for you, unfortunately, but uh, I'm stupid. What can I say? Uh, with the the budget, I don't know how big the budget was in comparison, man, with the Golden Gun, but to me it always felt like this three-year break and them losing Harry Saltzman, it seemed to just mean Cubby Broccoli, you know, was just going all out because this was the biggest Bond movie ever. I mean, the, the scope, the scale, the effects, everything. This felt like you went from, if it was nowadays, it's like you went from a $100 million movie to a $150 million movie. Is this the one Bond movie that you think is absolutely universally loved? Because 
I would even go out on a limb I, and say Goldfinger and From Russia With Love, I've heard people be against them. Goldeneye, maybe it's, it comes down to the music. But, like, you kind of got those real hardcore Bond fans. Like, I'm not... I'm serious. This is not me hanging shit on Noah. But Noah's kind of always said, like, gold, Goldfinger to him's a little bit overrated. Like, he doesn't see it completely. Mm-hmm. Like, he still loves it. I'm not saying Noah doesn't. But... And I've definitely read articles saying, like, oh, you know, Goldfinger's great, but it's not as great as people say it is. And same with From Russia With Love. I don't think I've ever seen a bad word against a spy who loved mm. me, ever. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, I think we said in one of the past episodes... There's like a handful of Bond movies that will always be considered right at the top. I mean, it is Goldfinger, From Russia with Love, uh, Spy Who Loved Me, Goldeneye, and then Casino Royale. Those five. That is one hairy back. Um, <laughs> but peace. Yeah, like, it. is that George Lazenby? <laughs> but like those five movies are almost always considered to be the greatest Bond film. I mean, you could throw Skyfall in there too. So I guess six of them. Uh, but. You are kind of right because you might get some people who are like, oh, Goldfinger and From Russia With Love are a little bit too old school for me, you know? And then you have people who are like, oh, you know, I don't really like the the, the new uh, gadget-heavy Goldeneye or Casino Royale and Skyfall just lacking some of the humor. This does seem to be the movie that even if you probably won't get as many people saying it's their favorite over like Goldfinger, From Russia With Love, or even Goldeneye, uh, it is the one that nobody's going to disagree on it's like it's at the top even if it's just a top three it's always at the top which i think shows in our rankings like it, it always finds a way that whenever we do a rankings episode that something from the spy who loved me will be at yeah. the top or in the top three i mean i i think that for villains yeah well true but i like i think <laughs> if you had a, at the beginning of our project and if you had a said okay what do each of you think the number one bond film will be on average i really don't think i would have guessed the spy who loved me uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would have said something like From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Goldeneye, like I would have said one of the more obvious ones. But, I mean, it's kind of like the most consistent, the most beloved in a way. But it, it also, like, I wouldn't say The Spy Who Loved Me is the most memorable Bond film, but it somehow always comes across at number one. But then you realise just how many great things are in this movie. We're, we're watching one right now, not Roger Moore with a lady. Um, we're watching the opening sequence. Uh, you know, Jaws, the, the song, um, just so many iconic moments in this entire movie. So it's 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 a it's a weird one. The Spy Who Loved Me. This scene here. Now you you've started to collect the Bond novels. I don't think you've started to read. Period. Yet, to let read alone first, so. <laughs> let alone up to the Bond novels. But uh, <laughs> um, this is not meant to be connected to the novel here. But this always to me felt like the only moment that was a nod to the novel because. The novel, The Spy Who Loved Me, for anybody who isn't familiar with the books, uh, is more or less a spinoff novel. I mean, it's a story about a teenage girl who is being chased by some, you know, murderers or whatever. And she ends up hiding out in a cabin and Bond just comes to her rescue. But I always just thought the idea of Bond and this lady, even if even if I know this isn't what it's meant to be. I'm like, oh, this is almost like the scene that takes place after the end of the book. Bond and the lady are in the the cabin, and then everything goes wrong, and you find out she was a spy all along. You know, kind of, kind of a fun little tie in there, even if it's literally the only thing other than the title that has any similarity. And then the Jaws character, which we can get into in a bit, has some similarity to a character in the novel. Just one of the best lines ever in Bond that always gets used all the time. But I need you. So does England. Yeah. So does England. <laughs> Such a great... And no one else but Roger Moore could pull that off. Like... I just even Pierce. You know, I love Pierce, but I don't think Pierce could pull that one off. There's um a seriousness that Roger Moore nails in this movie that he wasn't as good at in the first two outings he had. 
Uh, and Roger Moore himself said, like, he, he wasn't comfortable with the way they were writing him. Obviously, he always had the humor thing down. This movie has the humor, but it almost feels like this is the least goofy we get Roger Moore because we get some dramatic scenes. Even that, so does England. In another Roger Moore movie, that's like, uh, you know, really funny. Oh, so does England, darling, you know? <laughs> but here, it's just like, you know, the the big hero line. So does England. It's just, there's moments in this where I feel like in another Roger Moore movie, it would be played more as a joke, and here it's yeah. not. And And... Especially considering this is Lewis Gilbert directing this, who did You Only Live Twice, which was just complete cartoon, and then followed this up with Moonraker, which was a complete cartoon. And somehow Lewis Gilbert was able to tone down his his eccentricities in this movie and, and really just make a straight spy thriller. This, Off the jump. The music, though, just like the... Are you expecting a... <laughs> I mean, this. Oh, I still want to do that video one of these days. Is this? Did we say? I think we maybe said this may be the most iconic scene in the history of James Bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is up oh, there with to. the reveal of Connery and Doctor No, surely. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no contest. I mean, not even just as a stunt, just everything. I mean, you you talk to people who have seen all the Bond movies. You talk to people who haven't seen the Bond movies. And you're like, oh, what, what do you think is the biggest Bond moment? They're probably going to say, you know, the 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 ski jump off the cliff and then the Union Jack parachute. That came in now, number okay, four. This... Just quickly, I'll say the, the opening sequence on our overall rankings. Um, oh, this it? song. This song. What beat it for the uh, pre-title sequence rankings? Um, Goldeneye, The World Is Not Enough, and Spectre. So all three modern films. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this, number one on our song rankings. Um I easily had, well, when I say easily, I think I kind of said that a few years ago I wouldn't have had this at number one, but this just, oh, I, I did my top 100 songs of all time, just a personal list in the last 12 or so months. This was on it. I actually had two Carly Simon songs in my top 100, funnily enough. I had You're So Vain in there as well. I didn't realize I liked Carly Simon so much. It was weird. Sorry, I have to talk about Carly Simon here, okay? Because um, uh, my familiarity with her was probably those two songs that you mentioned and nothing else. Uh I I hear Carly Simon more on a daily basis than I think any other artist uh, I've ever heard because what she did in the 2000s is she started doing the soundtracks for all the Winnie the Pooh movies. <laughs> uh, the way that they got Elton John for Lion wow. King and Phil Collins for Tarzan. They did that with Carly Simon for three separate Winnie the Pooh movies. Jeez. And that's like all that's on in my house nowadays. So – uh, I, I, I'm right now I'm hearing this voice and I'm hearing in the name of the hundred acre wood. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is that a career revival or something falling? I don't know. But, um, I mean, this well, is- it ends, with, it ends with videos too. Like that's the other thing. It, it's, it's almost very, um, drawing more attention to her as an artist than even like the Elton John and, um, Phil Collins things, because all these Winnie the Pooh movies, the end credits will be to her music video with her singing. So <laughs> She must have taken a lot of pride in that because, I mean, the so- and the songs are really good. Like, she didn't go cheap and just say, oh, I'm going to write a couple of songs. Like, even the songs in those movies that is not Carly Simon performing it, if you have Winnie the Pooh and Tigger singing a song, it says written by Carly Simon. One thing I have to say, like, particularly this opening stuff, there's, there's so much going on and so much to talk about that it's kind of like catching up. It's, I mean, we've got to mention the Alan Partridge. If, I mean, we've talked yeah. about it so <laughs> many times. We've played it on the show go right now and watch the Stop Getting Bond Wrong skit because it's hilarious. I just can't watch this. Like, oh, oh, bit of bush, bit of bush, bit of nipple. It's on a luger. Uh, 
song just so funny. But I mean, God, even that title sequence, like it's funny. We've we've not actually ranked the title sequences. We've done the songs, but um, I mean, this is probably the best Roger Moore, or it's up there with one of the best Roger Moores. Because I mean, after this, they kind of just recycle all the footage, don't they? They don't really, yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this and Live and Let Die, it would be uh, – I would give this the edge over Live and Let Die, but those are probably the two that would stick out in anybody's mind. Oh, Anya. What a babe. And you know what? The, the people who listen to our other podcast, Oz Network, will get this, but we're often very critical with um, – the way that they're presenting female action stars nowadays where they're drawing so much attention to it where it's just like, okay, you're actually going against what you're trying to do here and we prefer like the way that Wonder Woman handled it and we just reviewed The Old Guard, you know, with Charlize Theron and it's the same thing. It's like, you're not going out of your way to be like, it's a woman. This movie has the one moment at the beginning but it's not even like they're trying to be like, what? A woman is the greatest spy? Like, it's just sort of supposed to be a trick of the audience because you're seeing this guy who's very James Bond-like and then when they're like Agent Triple X and she picks up the phone. From this point on, they just present her as, yeah, she's their best spy. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Because in reality, a spy, you don't have to be a man. I mean, it, it, it gives you no advantage. A spy is literally just the last person you would expect to be able to spy on somebody. So they would use, you know, uh, in the 70s, they would use women. They'd probably use old people. You know, they would use uh, children if they could. Canadians even. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's and we talked about this, funnily enough, on the Oz Network download now. But... This whole notion of strong female characters, action stars, like, let's make it a big deal. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a new thing. It's, I mean, this movie, yeah. 1977. What else came out in 1977 that had a strong female character in it? A certain movie about wars in space. Star Wars, I think it was called. <laughs> oh, Moonraker. <laughs> Moonraker. But, like, it's, yeah. I mean, this, and the, again, this goes back to my point about the attention. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like a lot of people talk about the Bond movies about, oh, the Bond equals Waylene, you know, they tried it with Jinx, you know, uh, things like that. Like, does this movie ever get mentioned? Like, because kind oh. of this did it. I mean, this... And it's the best. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is. Uh, just quickly here, Bond in a in a suit, in a military yeah. uniform. I think we... It's funny, actually, we did Tomorrow Never Dies last, didn't we, for our commentary that we mm-hmm. talked about. That was the last time we'd seen him. He's only been... It's only been about two or three films, isn't it, that we've actually seen him in one. So, so you only live twice. This tomorrow never dies. I'm trying to think if there's any others. And there's something about a a navy suit that does something for a man, doesn't it? I mean, Roger Moore. <laughs> like we've talked about this, you know. At the time, my mum said that she was attracted to Roger Moore. I'm like, really, Roger Moore? Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you now. Yeah, okay, she might have seen this movie because he looks good in that uniform. It's also just this novelty of tying bond in as a naval officer because he is commander bond yeah and i love every time they bring up it's the same way that that uh in for your eyes only where they see him visiting tracy's grave it's just it's a reminder of there's a consistency with this character you know he's not just some spy he has an official title like he is a commander in the you know the 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 royal navy the thing that i um i i feel like this is a weird word to say but bear with me i'm ashamed about with this movie is that this is a movie that I don't watch, you know, any Bond sort of, you know, I'm going to whack on a, a random James Bond movie. This is one that I, I need You're to gonna watch. You're going to whack off to a Bond movie? You've seen me watching Die Another Day, Colin. You're in a room this with me. This suit really does something for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, if, if it's a random Saturday night, I feel like watching a Bond movie. I'm going to put on a Brosnan. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to put on, on a Majesty's Secret Service. I'm not going to put on this. And I feel ashamed of that because I really do forget how great this movie is. I really, mm-hmm. really do. And sort of... Pre all this stuff happening when I started my Bond rewatch, 
you know, we'd, we'd gotten as far as halfway through The Man with the Golden Gun, so we were right up to this movie. And I was so looking forward to Mallory watching this one because, it, and like, you and I, we've talked about this, Noah, and all that too. Like, it, it can be a bit of a stretch, I think, for, for new people who aren't super into the Bond movies to watch some of those older ones and kind of stay mm-hmm. motivated to keep watching them. But I kind of think that, you know, once you get past Live and Let Die, obviously there are Conneries that are great and that, you know, I, you sell people to them. But, like, kind of from this moment on, like, Man with a Golden Gun is a very underrated, fun movie. Then there's this. Moonrack is a piece of shit in my eyes, but you can't deny it's entertaining. I mean, it's entertaining. Um, it's just shit. Um, and then kind of really moving forward, you don't really have a dull one in the bunch. Like, you can find entertainment. I mean, Fury Eyes Only can kind of be a bit tedious if you're not into it. And Octopussy, same. But Oh, blast for me. <laughs> but, I mean, this movie is just... This should be one that I, like, go, fuck Goldeneye, fuck the world is not enough. You know, I'm watching The Spy Who Loved Me because this this movie is just so great. I love how far he sits across the table here. Yeah. (laughs) I've always wanted one of those tables. Pass the salt, please. Is that the epitome of being rich, that you have, like, a 20-metre-long table in which you have to sit at... Like, I mean, if you and Jamie were rich, I mean, are you... You would. You would sit at the other end of Jamie. She wouldn't. But, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> How was your day, dear? What? How was your day? <laughs> That's, um, you're not going to get this reference, but uh, the movie Citizen Kane. Uh, I've heard of there's it. There's a scene that, yeah, <laughs> considered pretty much unanimous the greatest film time. ever made. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but there is a scene like that, you know, where, where the whole movie is about a guy who becomes the richest man essentially whoever lived and how it basically ruins him and there is a scene like that where him and his wife are like so far across the room and they do it more subtly it's more like you know they're trying to have a conversation that every once in a while they're so like what what (laughs) now stromberg the worst thing about this movie 19th he came in on our villains ranking um so where did i rank him um you ranked him at yep uh 19th (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I was just so going to say I. there are... And Noah ranked him there at are, 21st. Sorry. There's moments where I like him in this movie. I think the actor, he's like, he's very dignified. It's just he's not given any development, and it doesn't help that he's sitting behind the exact same table for the entire movie. He never leaves this... Like, think about that. You have all these villains. He never leaves this room. And I think that's something else that kind of hurts it. It almost feels like it's, you know, a paraplegic villain or something. But <laughs> I do I do love this are... moment, though, with the, the classical music and the shark attack. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But, it... yeah, there's there's moments in this movie. Oh, was that Rene Russo? No. Nah. That painting? <laughs> it was a painting. <laughs> Renaissance. Uh, but, yeah, like there are, there are some moments with his line delivery where I really like him. Uh, it's just he he's barely in the movie. And when he is, it's just it's the exact same scene over and over again. And maybe that, to me, is where this movie doesn't, you know, get talked about in the memorable ones. It's more of just a consistent yeah. one because a lot of the time, I mean, you think about Goldfinger is ranked because of Goldfinger. You know, people talk about Trevelyan and Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Red Grant from, from Russia with Love. Like, people talk about Silver. the villains. Silver, exactly. Um, where, I mean, he... Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, he is by far the, the weakest thing of this movie. Because, I mean, even now, the, the lair here, Atlantis, is just, wow. Like, I mean, this is, this is, this just it baffles me that this movie is 1977, because this looks new. Like, I would believe this is new still to this day. Like, 
It looks great. I mean, that shark thing looked a little bit hammy, but like it still works. You know what I mean? It's it's not yeah. completely taken out of the realms of holy crap, that's terrible. But it's such a great idea. I mean, this is what I I miss about James Bond. Like that you've got a villain in a ridiculously stupid lair in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> it's like spider well, legs. Like this is fantastic. And and I mean, it's obviously a lot more so. Sandor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, you get a little bit of that back in Skyfall though, with like the, the deserted Island. But yeah, I would love to see like a big layer like this again. But they don't do it. They don't like, yeah, like I get what you're saying with Skyfall, but it's it's so quick. Like, it's kind of like, it's a little Mm. nod. Like, oh, here it is. Like even kind of Spectre with the train, you'd almost argue like it's, and the, the, well, the big layer that they go to when they meet up with Blofeld uh, and it gets blown up in five seconds, like. You've got an idea, which is fantastic, but it's almost like they're afraid to do it because they're like, oh, no, our movies are too serious now. We couldn't by far have a a lair. Like, let's just have a little nod to it. Like, don't be afraid. Like, we want this. Like, the the hardcore Bond fans would love it if in no time to die they're on a freaking giant thing like this in the middle of the water. Like, I'd I'd be down. I want to see what's-his-face out there in the middle of the, the water pretending to be Freddie Mercury again, but <laughs> it, I don't remember if the golden eye game had this or it was just in, um, uh, I think Nightfire was the one, uh, but where you could do like the one-on-one battles mm. and they had Atlantis, the location. Wasn't that a legend bond legends as well? Whatever that one was called. What was that? Mm. Was it that one? Yeah, no, no it, it might've been, uh, no, no. Cause I think they did Moonraker for the Moors in that one. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Um, no, but, I, I definitely have yeah, played this. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I, I feel I've I played this. I think it was Nightfire and not GoldenEye, where you had Atlantis location. I chose Atlantis every single time. Like it, there was no question. I, I could barely even remember any of the other locations other than Atlantis and that. The thing that's frustrating too about Stromberg is that like he's like on paper he's such a great villain. Like he's such a megalomaniac. Like I mean he's just yeah. he's freaking shoving women into a tank with sharks. He's blowing up helicopters. Like he should be an absolute prick. Like he's just there's no personality to him. That's the problem. Like as you said, he's just stuck behind a desk. Like. Imagine, like, if you had a... I mean, even Drax in the next movie has got more personality and is more memorable. And I don't like Moonraker, but, I mean, imagine if you just had a bit more of a quirk to him and just something, like yeah. Goldfinger-style villain. Um, yeah. Should we mention Jaws? We just had Jaws. Richard Kyle looking good. Maybe What's going on with me, Colin? I'm really looking <laughs> at these men recently. I'm really becoming a modern man. Um, and uh, what, what was the... It was the year after this, so... Just after this, the Incredible Hulk TV series debuted and uh, uh, Richard Keel was supposed to play the Incredible Hulk, uh, but he had a bad reaction to the paint or um, <laughs> so, no, I think it was that and the fact that when they looked at him, they're like, he's too skinny. They, they needed somebody who was bigger, but he was cast. And even in the, the pilot for the Incredible Hulk TV series, there is one shot of Richard Keel uh, in the, the Incredible Hulk makeup that still exists in that first episode. The thing I love about Richard Keel is um, obviously Jaws. know him very well from that, but um, I'm a huge Happy Gilmore fan. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. love the fact that he kind of got this weird cult following. Yeah. I knew that belongs to Mr. Gilmore! <laughs> Running after him. Um, I remember when he died. That was sad. I, yeah, it was just kind of one of those random, you know, Jaws from James Bond has died. And you're like, aw. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, funnily enough, going back to my point about I don't really remember seeing this movie for the first time, I actually... My memory, I, I was heavily into sharks as a kid, still am, you know. And meth. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Started when I was young, sharks and meth. Um, 
So, like, I was obsessed with, yeah, I, I wanted to be a marine biologist for five minutes, even though I discovered I hate boats. So that didn't really play out well. But, um, you know, Jaws, I would watch it religiously and all that sort of stuff. So I think kind of what my dad sold this to me on was, oh, there's sharks in this movie and a guy called Jaws. So um, that's kind of what I remember. And then I remember, because I think we might have seen License to Kill around about this too, because he was like, oh, there's sharks in that movie as well. And I was like, License to Kill better as a kid. So, you know. This is like uh, Mallory and um, uh, Cats. what was it? No, no, I was thinking uh, White Christmas. Oh, uh, oh. hedgehogs or Hed- something. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> or something. No, what was that? Guinea pigs. Guinea, guinea pigs. pigs. That's right. There's guinea pigs. I'm like, th- there is a person who mentions a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a very unusual editing style too, which has always stood out to me. Uh, two really good examples. One, the the part that we just saw there, where. Moore delivers his line and they just immediately cut from him as opposed to like dwelling on it. And also when um, the 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 attack, I guess, first happens on the, the submarine at the beginning of the movie and you just have that guy going, oh, my God. And then they cut before anything happens. Mm. Like it, it's it's just it's a different thing that is something we haven't seen in the other Bond movies. And it, it kind of it, it creates a, a different type of suspense in this movie especially when you do start the movie off and you're cutting away before showing what happens i can't think of any other bond movies that did that and if there's one thing that sets this apart especially from the other lewis gilbert movies this is a big huge scope that this movie has and yet they choose not to show certain things to you and it's also too some of the cinematography i mean we just see it there kind of him walking into this Mm -hmm. building just that long shot of him with a shadow kind of coming down the stairs and kind of the close-up on the eyes like the tension like and just even kind of these shots here of kind of just, you know, a nice big room, open space and everything. Like, it just, it's shot Lack really of music well. even. Yeah, and like the bits we saw before when he was just riding on the camel and just visually mm-hmm. it looks, it's a great looking movie. That is a, is that a dress, a dressing gown? What what do you call that? Uh. <laughs> Come on, where's our Suits of Bond Clothes. podcast? I do have to say, though, like what, what he's wearing right now isn't very Bondian. It's kind of going down to the office to check out my files that Cheryl left me. But if you're going to be wearing a suit in Egypt, you probably want light colors. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want to wear black. <laughs> Joining us now, the Bond podcast about suits expert. <laughs> Can you back our fact up what Colin just said? I don't know. Roger Moore's got a... I was going to say Roger Moore has a – yes, he's old. Okay, we get it. He's old. but <laughs> He's dead, Colin. His, his physical build, he looks like a strong guy. Like I think you know him and Pierce are probably the two most physically imposing bonds. But like Roger Moore, he looks like a mountain. <laughs> I think Lazenby. This is a big guy. Lazenby is very physically imposing. Yeah, I think just shorter. Maybe that's the difference with uh, with Moore. You know, he, he's probably like six foot two, six foot three at least. Did he ever say what his favorite Bond film was that he worked on? Roger Moore? Yeah. I, I would guess it would be Spy Who Loved Me, but I don't think he did. Maybe he loved Moonraker. I never understood why she took a bullet for him here. That's <laughs> something that always bothered me. such a good me. kisser. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a little bit weird. She's, she's willing to die for him. Look at him run up the stairs. What a fruit loop. <laughs> what, Sandor? Sandor? Sandor, sorry, yeah. <laughs> He's out there with Vargas in the crap villains academy of crap villains. Well, he looks well, he looks the part though. 
what I was mentioning earlier about the uh, the villain tie-in to the Spy Love Me novel uh, character is no similarity at all. But uh, there was uh, a guy in um, two villains in the Spy Love Me book, one of which had steel teeth, I believe. And then the other, which was sort of described physically like Sandor, you know, short, stocky, bald. And that's the only other tie in you would get. Um, of course, Sandor, the, make, you know, quick work of him here. <laughs> which, funnily enough, apparently Milton Reed, who plays him, uh, portrayed a guard in Doctor No as well. So there you go. Was he the one that Connery punched in the face for no reason? <laughs> Maybe. One of the coldest I love Bond this kills moment. here. You know what this reminds me of is um, in the Inspector Gadget movie. It's like, hey, it's a clip-on. And he like falls out of it. The last time you saw the Inspector Gadget movie was. But, um, Probably when it came out. <laughs> what, a, what a cold kill. I do love a cold Bond kill. Oh, yeah, this scene. Well, we talked about this a lot in our recap, how cool this is. I'd go and watch this. This is a real thing. Oh, yeah. This is apparently a real thing. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Box office. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Peter Travers, um, he is a stupid. <laughs> whoa! <laughs> so don't read his stuff. Um, oh, we listen to our own show too much. Kill. Uh, Roger Moore was the one who was quoted as coming off of Live and Let Die and Man with the Golden Gun talking about that he wasn't comfortable with the way they wrote him doing these cold kills because it was a Sean Connery thing and it didn't suit him. And yet probably the two most iconic kills like that are Roger Moore movies. There's the killing a Sandor there. And then there is the, uh, the fear your eyes only. only one with, yeah. And really the only other cold kill I could think of like that, uh, is probably Dr. No with, you know, you've had your six, but, uh, Roger Moore actually turned out to be better at it than Connery. They just had to, you know, find the right way of presenting it. The, uh, I mean, the one we talked about last movie too with um, uh, Pierce in Tomorrow Never Dies is pretty cold. You know, Which I'm, one? I'm just a man doing my job. So am I. Oh, yeah. But has, has Craig had a cold kill? Um, well, his first kill. I was going to say, yeah, that one is a little bit. Probably beginning Casino Royale. The second um, one is, yes, quite. It's- the way that the lighting changes, like, again, we're going to talk about the production values of this movie for the whole time. Uh, the lights coming on and off of characters here. But again, it makes sense because there's all this projection going on. I'm trying to find the information about this um, being a real thing. Because I definitely know it is. Like, I remember talking about it on our episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. The scene where James Bond is watching a light show that illuminates the Sphinx and pyramids is an actual show called the Sound and Light Show, which would continue to be shown for many years afterwards. I don't. I mean, it might not be anymore, but uh, it was for a while a real thing. Which, gosh, I mean, I'd go to Egypt anyway. It's probably not top yeah. ten places I want to visit, but I'd definitely love to go. But um, I'd go see that. Uh, the only downside would be the sand because it's very coarse oh, and rough and irritating. Gets everywhere. Yeah. I love again yeah. facial expressions from Roger Moore. Just just watching this like gigantic. <laughs> and this is guy. him playing it straight. Oh no, biting metal! Biting metal! No, I can't oh. watch! Oh <laughs> that really does give me the shit. Such a 
such a great idea, but again, logistically, it makes no sense. No. <laughs> Just because your your teeth are steel, that doesn't mean your jaw strength can bite through metal. Which, I mean, again, let's be honest. Like going back to what I was saying about how like we want to see a crazy villain lair and all this sort of stuff. Like this wouldn't fly in 2020 because everyone's. I mean, we yeah. are. <laughs> we do it every single week when we do a movie recap. <laughs> we nitpick things, but. I don't know. There is just something sweet and innocent about just a crazy... Like, he's going full vampire. He's literally about to bite this guy <laughs> in the neck. Like, oh. Uh, he's got no blood. Exactly. He's like a lightsaber. It just cauterizes the wounds. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that the score here works in with the music in the background, because we're talking about how there's a lack of music in a lot of these early scenes. And here, it's probably the first sequence of the entire movie other than the the pre-title scene where you have a big score playing and it's actually background music. Like James Bond is hearing this music as he's walking in here because it's the music that's playing during this show. It's like the um, uh, Quantum of Solace opera scene even, yeah. or the Living Daylights. You know how there was um, famous talk about on the set of the prequels, how Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor would like dub in the lightsaber sounds and yeah. like, George Lucas would have to be like, hey, you don't have to do that. You wonder if <laughs> any of the Bond actors have kind of been doing an action scene and they started going, no, 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 no. I know I would if I were Bond. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. And then when you do a stunt, <laughs> I love the, the reveal there of Anya. It's like, Anya. This is completely off topic, semi on topic here, but um, I don't know if you were still in Australia when the show was airing, but Jamie and I started watching an Australian reality show about autistic people dating called Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. I've heard of it. I I don't think I was in the country when it started, but I've definitely heard of it. They they just dropped it on Netflix, you know, here in North America, like a couple of days ago. So we started watching this and I'm kind of just curious, you know, looking at the, the different people who are going to be on there and i found like the bios of all the 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 autistic people they follow and one of which is a guy doing the james bond pose and his bio says he you know compares himself to james bond like oh i gotta see this guy (laughs) (laughs) could he play james bond though like does he have the look probably more than timothy dalton (laughs) any chance there we go shot there's that one per episode (laughs) poor timothy Old buddy. Oh, there's a dress. I'd wear one of them. Is it a dress? It's like a freaking table. Oh, no. That's a lampshade. Okay. Uh, did you ever have in school the giant no. parachutes? I never had school. <laughs> no, but the, yes. in gym yes, class, yes. We'd have, you'd yep. go outdoors, the giant parachute. That's love what it kind of reminds me of there. They, yeah, no, I used to love those. We talked a what lot a about... Dress. I think about Anya, Barbara Bach. Is it Bach or Bach? It's Bach, right? That's how you say her last name. Bach, um, yeah. She, maybe not the greatest actress, but, yeah. I mean, I ranked her, I think, maybe the highest out of all the Bond girls, I'm thinking, from memory. I need to pull that list up. But there's just something about her that, like, she's such a great character that I feel even her wooden acting at parts doesn't take away from it. Like, it really doesn't. Like, I think yeah. it just, it almost helps it in a way. Like, it's kind of, because she's Russian and... It's not her first language, English. Like, it kind of... It's believable in some weird way. Like, I had her at number two. Um, Wow. Colin, you had her at four, and Noah had her at four as well. Like, I think you were both surprised that I had her as high as I did. But, um, no, I love her. I think she's just... There's just something about the bad acting from Barbara that just almost fits perfectly into this role. Where did she... 
Where does she fit in our average rankings? Third, third behind Third, Bisper okay. and Tracy. Above Honey. And Natalia, who should have been higher. You, oh, no, oh. Natalia's like 10th. Shut up. <laughs> Coming from the man who put Pussy Galore 14th, I will not listen to this argument. And Jinx at 7th, her rightful spot. <laughs> Again, th- this is background music being used as the score. I never notice how often they do that in this movie. It works, though. Uh, with her wooden acting, like, you're completely right. And it, it seems like a weird comparison, but any time you have somebody who's maybe not the best actor, but it works for them, I think the best comparison would be Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You know, Keanu Reeves just – he has this <laughs> dryness and woodenness to him that that is his charm and that is his charisma. And I think that's the big difference when you look at uh, Denise Richards in <laughs> World is Not Enough is that she, she's trying too much. She's a bad actress and yet she's trying. It, let it be effortless. If you're bad, just just let it be. <laughs> That's I, the trick. Is I want to see really a tangent. Only- a tan- sorry, a tangent triangle there, how we went from Barbara Back, Keanu Reeves, and Denise Richards all in a circle. Good <laughs> good job. But but it really that's the only other performance I could think of in these movies where it is kind of a bad acting performance. And it's just it's a completely different delivery. And I think that if Denise Richards had played her character like this, it works. It's, it's all the one-liners too, you know? Denise Richards one-liners. She's trying so hard to make it work, whereas Barbara Box just like, okay, I'm just going to deliver the one-liner. Can we can we make some T-shirts of Denise Richards one-liners? <laughs> James, <laughs> and I don't want to hear any jokes. I've heard them all. <laughs> I don't know any <laughs> doctor jokes. They're going to have my ass first things first. <laughs> Denise Richards t-shirts. I really <laughs> I really need to find that clip of her on 30 Rock poking fun at her playing a nuclear physicist in a James Bond movie. It's actually quite funny. I've never seen the show. It's I'd just, watch it just for that, though. I mean, like, I, I think we talked about this. Tangents, as always. But, like, again, I have nothing against Denise Richards. But um, I, I always appreciate the fact that somebody can poke fun at something that clearly they get poked fun at a lot for. You know, if they, mm-hmm. if they, like, years later, no, I stand by that. I I don't yeah. get why people think I was terrible, you know. But, like, the fact that like, she can literally come out and be like, yeah, I can do anything. I played a nuclear physicist on a Bond movie. Like, <laughs> Denise Richards just basically making fun of herself. The way this is edited here, too, kind of the way it's, like, in a yeah. confessional booth and this weird zoom in, you've got a guy shaking his head. It's almost like the boom ba da boom ba da boom guy in Dr. Yeah. No. Um, okay, very clever editing in this movie. It's It's different. Just even the way that Barbara Buck did just her facial expression, just kind of just this weird kind of stare off into the distance kind of... It's cold. Yeah. See, he looks he looks Bondy in there with his tuxedo. Oh, no. Where are I now? Just like, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's all the cops showing up right now? Like in um, yeah. Quantum of Solace and kind of like going to arrest him. Oh, of course, the window just happens to be out of order. <laughs> he puts it on there. <laughs> it's such a, like, I mean, again, little things like that, which are hilarious. Like, you can get Daniel Craig doing that. Like, people bag out the cat. Like, this, this just goes to show why I think things like that just sadly wouldn't work in Bond movies anymore because people are so used to a certain style now. People bag out the couch scene, Inspector, 
which is fucking mm. hilarious. That's one of the best moments in the entire movie. That's so oh, Bondian yeah. that he falls down, sits on a couch. Oh, that's so silly. Like, I mean, watch a boy. You just put an out of order sign on a dead guy. <laughs> It's little things like that and the cufflinks on the train in Skyfall yeah. where I'm like, you know, the, you don't have to have him delivering a one-liner. Like the bit when he wakes up from when he's getting tortured. Hello, pussy. Like, it's just little things <laughs> yeah. like that that are I'm just great. <laughs> and then again, like, ah, oh, we're on tangents. I've always said about, you know, not the biggest Craig fan is Bond, but I, I, I love the man, Daniel Craig. Like, he just, mm-hmm. you know slitting wrists aside we've explained what he really why he said that and everything but like he, he genuinely seems to almost have a weird passion for it but he's clearly over it at the same time like yeah i, I kind of see him like being a timothy dalton that like he's going to move on he's going to do other things and it's going to come up in interviews and he'll just talk about it but it's not going to be his preference he's not going to be like a sean connery he's going to completely shun it well let's give you know a little bit of credit to craig too i mean two things one he has been playing James Bond longer than any other actor. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a long time to play a character uh, longer than anybody else, obviously. And, and so it's going to get to you after a while, too, if you're just doing the same job for that long. But even with the amount of films he's done, like he's coming on to his, his fifth now. But it's very different from when Sean Connery did five movies and Sean Connery was tired of it after that. Or Roger Moore did six and he was tired of it. Because the movies take like two, three times as long to film now. Yeah. Back in these days, the movies filmed in, you know, 80 to 100 days. And now you're looking at six months to film. And that doesn't even include, you know, prep work and pre-production and post-production and everything like that. So I mean, when Daniel Craig was making those comments, it was a lot about, you know, when I do this movie, it is two years of my life and I can't do anything else. And it's kind of like for you and I, non-actors who would love to play James Bond, it seemed like a dream role that you would never want to not do. But... Again, as an actor, you want to be challenged. You want to not be pigeonholed as one person and kind of move on. So, like, of course you want to try different things. And if you're kind of, yeah, in a two-year production schedule, you can't really do anything else, you know, you want to explore other options. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to get tired of it. You want to quit while you're ahead too. I mean, you you look at a weird comparison, but you look at Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, you know, had his last Olympics, won gold in everything. And he said, I want to do one more world championships. And it was literally one year later and it just all fell apart. It didn't work for him. And he probably wishes he could have just quit one year earlier. You don't know when you're going to get your view to a kill. You know, Roger Moore tried to quit for a long time and it's probably the same thing. You, You want to go out on top. Sure, he finishes Spectre and he could be like, well, you know what? It's a good time to go. You know, if he agrees to do another movie, what if the next movie turns out to be a, a Moonraker or uh, Die Another Day? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. never getting <laughs> released. <laughs> We're never going to see it. Another thing on No Time to Die, since we've got to find ways to talk about it too. Um, it's really bothering me that people are saying now, it's like, oh, there's rumors that they're reshooting a big chunk of No Time to Die because there were poor <laughs> You know, audience screenings. I'm like, this movie was screened months ago. They were only weeks away from releasing it. If there were concerns with it, they would have done something then. And the movie's been delayed over and over again. Kerry Fukunagua, uh, <laughs> he even said, like, the movie's locked. It's not being changed. There's nothing to change. It's just get a release date now. I just want to say, this whole sequence is amazing. Like, in such a kind of almost a, a straight-laced film, you talk about the comedy before, like, it's not perceived as a goofy Roger Moore. But, I mean, there's still just moments that just fit in well. This, you talk about, like, oh, you're going to show a movie, a bomb movie to somebody to get them into the franchise, you know, show them Goldfinger. It's kind of, it's got everything you need to have in it, you know, Goldeneye. These sort of ones that kind of give you a real taste. I mean, this one, though, like, again should really be up there because it's got this whole serious attention like and just the comedy though the way they play it off i mean back to the out of order thing but here kind of 
just the way these two are playing off each other, the way like he just cuts in front of her and kind of like gives her the little nod as if to say like, no, I will go first. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to have this whole great sequence now with the, the van and Egyptian drivers and <laughs> things like that. Like just little things that just make this movie. And oh. just punching him in the balls here and the mouth and he just kind of just looks at him and say like, what are you doing? Yeah, and just having them in like the, their evening dress in a big yeah. action sequence like this, middle of a, essentially a construction site. It's just great. I mean, you got to look at what's the Marvel Cinematic Universe known for, quips and one-liners in action scenes. I mean, any movie like that, it's, it's the trend now. I mean, even The Old Guard, we just reviewed that. Like, mm-hmm. w- this is a Bond thing that people are taking off. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if Bond took it from another style of movie. But, I mean, this kind of, this whole notion of kind of being sarcastic and quirky and dropping one-liners and things like that in movies and TV shows to keep action entertaining in a different way. I mean, it's such a Mm -hmm. Bond thing that people steal from. And this is a classic example of a movie that really kind of has it so well. That was a weird edit there. Did you kind of notice that edit? Yeah, it, it, it always looks like a cut to me. Yeah, like there's definitely a cut involved there. He's really down on the Egyptians. Didn't didn't they like not say that on set or something, or they didn't show the script? There was something around that because they didn't want to offend the people they were filming with. Oh, I don't remember. I think there was something around that. Ah, <laughs> they're back and forth. Their chemistry, like the keys, like yeah. just <laughs> it's so much fun. And just like, this is a getaway. I mean, this has one of the most iconic cars in all of Bond movies. But like, yeah. I mean, this isn't it. But I do love just the ripping together of this van. That Kami is just literally ripping the roof off. And Roger Moore's just he's like, intentionally, He's intentionally so taking longer. I, I really hate that I would talk down Roger Moore for so many years. The guy is amazing. It's amazing. He's so good. Uh, you play another two. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And his humor's it's different in this movie too, yeah. you know? <laughs> like I did like love Connery, love Brosnan, but they they do this so differently. It's not going to be the same. Like it's mm. just, it's Roger Moore does this perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did this made the Hall of Fame, didn't it? This whole thing. Oh, I don't think it did actually, because there's so many to choose from in this movie. Yeah. Quiet. Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> <Shake laughs> second. Uh, no, sorry, first overall. I'm looking at my list. Apologies. Um, yeah, I had him at second. No one put him at number one on their list. Funnily enough, uh, mm. you and I put him at number two. Noah at number three, but he still came out at number one. So I think we kind of knew he would come in at number one. Noah, I believe, ranked him down slightly because of Moonraker. Uh, I I didn't just because I think that I mean I get why you would, but <laughs> <laughs> on his toe. Gosh, well, what well, were all of our number ones then? Uh, we all had three. Yours was Red Grant. Noah's was Knickknack. That was surprising, and mine was Zenya. Um, and yeah, the biggest shock for me though was Mayday coming at number two. I didn't realize like I knew I loved Mayday, but I didn't realize you two loved Mayday that much. So mm-hmm. I mean, you had her at seven, you had the lowest, but still, no had it at number two. Mayday, I'm a man, I'm a man. <laughs> this music. Da, 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 da. 
<laughs> oh god, this movie's brilliant. Is <laughs> they like? Look, they just looks at her there, just like, like, what's going on? <laughs> Smiles. <laughs> well, I know a great restaurant in Karachi. <laughs> He shrugs it off. <laughs> just the way he like looks and just oh god. The Lawrence of Arabia music playing. <laughs> I want I want to have this vision of Roger Moore on his deathbed, right? Like minutes from dying, and so like his family comes in, you know, Roger, we love you, all this sort of stuff, and he just kind of has that little look with his eyebrow, like, eh, it was my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite illuminating life I had, dear. <laughs> my dying wish. Listen to Double Oz Seven, even though they killed me. Or was that it? When he's dying, he's like, "It was Double Seven that did it." Never go on this show, ever. That's why all Bond actors have all blacklisted us, <laughs> except for Idris Elba. <laughs> Can I just point out? Did a DJ set with Fat Boy Slim this week? Good for you, Idris Elba. Makes me like you more. Now that we're officially getting close to No Time to Die, we think. Are we? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're we're starting in on the whole the odds on favorite like as if they have even started casting it and if they have as if they're gonna actually release this to the public the, the fact that we're getting now oh Idris Elba is you know I, I'm reading these articles like he's apparently jumped up in the odds on favorite lately he is like as old as Daniel Craig they are never going to hire an old man to play Bond I would go out in a limb and say that we're very odds on favorite to having a black Bond though. Oh, yeah, and again, I don't think that's – for me, that's never been the issue. For me, the issue is Idris Elba, even 10 years ago when people started talking about it and he was younger, he still always looked old, you know? Yeah. And now he's legitimately almost 50 years old. You're not going to get a trilogy out of this guy. You're not even going to get one movie at this rate. I think I've, I've always – and this is, again, we've talked about this countless times. We're going to do a special episode on it at some point, no doubt. But, um, yeah, I think it's – as we've always said, it's not, it's not going to be a known name. It's going to be a semi-known name yeah. who you're all of a sudden going to go, who's that? Oh, I remember them in that film. And Daniel Craig, when I heard about him, who? Oh, he was a singer in Tomb Raider. Okay, I know who he is. That That's legitimately mm. what I said. So it's going to be someone like that who you've seen and you're going, oh, yeah, okay, sure. And then within five years, they're going to be a household name. Mm-hmm. They could, I mean, they could go completely opposite when they cast Ben Affleck as Batman. Like, they could, you know, Hugh Jackman could finally be Bond. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Perry. <laughs> I kind of want to see him just do a parody movie or something like that. <laughs> I mean, he could have been the best Bond ever. We, we, we laugh. We laugh, Colin. But he could have... He could have been better than Dalton. He could have been the best Bond ever. <laughs> better than Dalton. You're drunk. <laughs> that took you a while. <laughs> I just black out. Where was uh, Bond's hand going there? <laughs> Where was your hand go? Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Does, has Roger Moore always had that giant mole on his face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it developed over the years. I don't know. <laughs> Even the editing there, kind of the quick cut to him back and then... 
That's what Idris Elba and Fatboy Slim sounded like over the weekend. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, just, I want him to be Bond now just so we can say, hey, remember that time James Bond did a DJ set with Fatboy Slim? <laughs> That's something Roger Moore would have done. Quite illuminating set you've got there, Fatboy. Right about now, the <laughs> Funk Soul brother. Well, Bond connection to Fat Boys. He must like Bond because Christopher Walken, of course, was in the uh, film clip for yeah. Weapon of Choice. One of the best film yeah. clips ever. <laughs> I don't know why this is just Bond walking around a camp in Egypt in a tuxedo. It, the thing that bothers me here is he's he's lost the coat. There would be massive sweat stains <laughs> under those arms. <laughs> James Bond doesn't sweat, Colin. Yeah. Is this Has a... there ever been a James Bond antiperspirant <laughs> tie-in? Is this a real location or is this a set? Do you know? It looks pretty real to me. I mean, the interior, I'd guess, is a set. <laughs> it's the secret catacombs of Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> Hidden beneath the vault, the empty rooms as they wait for a Stanley Cup. We're waiting a long time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're playing Calgary in the first round. How are you feeling about that? You don't care. You're only watching Toronto. Uh, I'm I'm actually disappointed that um, TSN, or not TSN, uh, what do you call it? Roger Sportsnet is carrying all the games. Like, obviously, they got to get their money out of people. But I thought with, you know, nothing going on that CBC would be carrying more games than just two on the weekend. So there are games on free-to-air here, right? Yeah. So the CBC ones... Uh, which is Hockey Night in Canada, you're going to get two back-to-back games on Saturdays. Well, I've got the NHL pass. I don't know how lockdown restrictions work in this country because I only care about the Flames and I guess I should probably care about the Canucks games because people I'm surrounded by want to watch those and plus I kind of have to write about them now. So, yeah. Did you know, um, I mean, you don't have uh, cable, I guess, but uh, TSN, which is like the Canadian ESPN, there's already five TSN channels. They just expanded to five new Formula One channels, only Formula One. Like, is Formula One big enough that they get five dedicated channels? If where you, it depends on where you're in the world. If you're in the UK, absolutely. Um, I mean, here in Canada, though, that's weird. You've got two drivers now for the first time in the history of the sport. You've got two at the same time. Um, so they each get two and a half channels dedicated to them (laughs) (laughs) and both are not respected by any Formula One fans at all because their dads are rich I mean literally Lance Stroll's dad bought a team so he could drive for it so you can what a dick (laughs) but he's a better driver than people give him credit for anyway not the point welcome back to 007 drivers pay us money uh, so we can talk about (laughs) Formula One during commentaries (laughs) and if you want to hear us talk about Formula One sign up over (laughs) on Patreon we will do a special episode which James Bond actor would do best in Formula One oh is this one of the best Q line deliveries ever oh yeah like it always catches me off guard here I want that ready for Ahmed's tea party. <laughs> Who is Ahmed? Who is he? The slow motion there is a bit weird. I don't like the slow motion there. It's very dying. Yeah, and the, even the sound effect. The boing. Again, we need this in a Craig film. I want to see Q, like, yeah, you know, like ha ha ha, cat funny, but yeah, bring know. a tear to your eye. <laughs> 
Well, they they did the opposite of that in Skyfall, where it's like a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Wonder if wonder if any of those extras, like that guy there adjusting the whatever it was in the background, like does he go to Comic Con? Like I played yeah. Q Lab <laughs> Person Seven in the Spy Who Loved Me. I would pay to meet him. I would absolutely. If, I mean, if that was me, I'd go. Like I'd be milking every moment. I'd be the Billy Garcia of Bond films. Like I was. Uh, I was so disappointed. Um, like we've never had a. Bond actor appeared at any of the Winnipeg Comic Cons, but Julian Glover, who played Christados in Free Your Eyes Only, was supposed to be here, I think, two years ago, and uh, he cancelled. I feel you at, tell like, this the story all minute. the time. I feel like you're never getting over this. <laughs> it's it, No, it's just because here you've got a guy who was a villain in James Bond, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Doctor Who. I mean, it, it, does it get any bigger Colin than Hilding's that? Orgasm Club. <laughs> Julian Glover. <laughs> I don't know what I want to talk to you about. Bond, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Indian Jones. Which one's better? Who, who's, who's better looking? I don't know. I'm going to explode. Jizz <laughs> in my pants. Whatever happened to Barbara Bach? What did ever happen to her? Did we kill her by saying that? Is she still alive? <laughs> She's still alive. Let's see. Is she still with us? What did she do after this movie? She is married the real Ringo question. Starr. There you go. She did. Well, I always knew that because of... Um, oh, she's still married to Ringo Act- Starr. Good for you. That's a long marriage. Huh. I mean, you uh, married the most I forgettable was... Beatle, Barbara, but still. Oh, come on. Ringo's great. Is he? I do. I there do, he is. I do love... Like, you know the Beatles are that big when on Wikipedia, Ringo Starr has his own giant, like, box down the bottom with categories. Studio albums, live albums, compilations, singles, EPs, books, related. It's Ringo Starr! (laughs) (laughs) Said the fat controller. I I, I always remember that um, moment from uh, Love Actually, where Liam Neeson's talking to his stepson. He's like, like, uh, Ringo Starr married a Bond girl and is like, who? (laughs) (laughs) Barbara Bach really didn't do anything after this. No, she didn't. So she's German? She did a lo- German? She did a lot of non-English movies. Uh, Her real name is Barbara Goldbach. Or are they Italian? La- well, she's from New York. But all the movies she did before Bond were... They look, they look European like- Jewish. Okay. I'm not even going to try and pronounce these ones, but they actually look Italian to me. Um, yeah, she didn't do... She did a movie called Alligator. She did Caveman with Ringo Starr. <laughs> Princess Daisy. Uh, to Her last film nope. was To the North of Kathmandu, a comedy film starring Billy Connolly and Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach. <laughs> and if you want to hear us recap it, you can sign up over on <laughs> Patreon. Can Ringo Starr act? I mean, he's done at least two movies with Barbara Bach. <laughs> well, no, funny you should say that. The reason I say that, like, Ringo Starr is better is because uh, I'm not I'm not saying he isn't, like, the most forgettable of the Beatles or whatever. But um, when I was a kid, my mom would watch all the Beatles movies. Like, not just A Hard Day's Night, but, like, Help and, um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, Magical Mystery Tour and all these things. And in those movies, Ringo was the funniest one. Like, he, he was so funny that the second Beatles movie was basically, let's just make it about Ringo. I miss those days when bands and singers did movies. Why can't we bring that back? They tried it with the Spice Girls, of course, and Roger Moore was the bus driver in that, but 
You know, where's where's yeah. the where's our Twenty One Pilots movie? Where's the <laughs> Maroon Five movie franchise? And I don't know, Five Seconds of Summer. I want the Iggy Azalea movie franchise. Well, and now it's just all concert films. I know. Train. This is obviously a total throwback to From Russia with Love's Train Fight. Yeah. I, I really would like a count on trains. Like, how many... Yeah. What, has there been any Bond film? I just love he just bites wood. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm tough. He's got a sweat stain. Look at him. And that's through two layers. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who can bite metal, bite wood, rip things off ceilings... And yet he can't just crush Bond right now with his hand? Yeah. This is a clever way of <laughs> killing him, though. Or hurting him. <laughs> yeah, and would he have that much... Like, he ripped the metal off of a van, and he's having trouble fighting off Bond? Yeah. This is, I still think this would be hilarious if he kicks him out of the thing and there's, like, Teehee sitting on the ground, like, oh, yeah. happened to you too, <laughs> did it? I just love this he notion is... that Jaws doesn't die. <laughs> he's just like, grr. He's, and he straightens his tie. <laughs> That's a Daniel Craig move there. This is, they missed such an opportunity, though, to seriously have like a Jaws and Knickknack crossover or something like that. Like, oh. Because, I mean, you got sort of like a smaller actor and then a giant actor kind of like it just it would just work off each other so well. They do their own buddy cop film. Throw in. Didn't we talk about this and we throw in um, Odd Job? Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. And Vargas as... I never forget! <laughs> See, there's a great throwback. Like, everyone keeps talking about No Time to Die being Dr. No. Bring back Knickknack. He never forgets. And he's stuck yeah. up in the thing. Like, <laughs> there he is. He's been waiting for 40 years. All of this can be mine. <laughs> That's who Rami Malek is. Knickknack. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Rami Malek is Knickknack. But then everyone would be like, oh, you know, that was given to a, a little person before. Now you've made them non-little. That's not right. Yeah. You've tall washed that role. <laughs> tall washed? That's a thing. Know. Is that a I thing? I got to say, that, that, that looks like a weird kiss. He's, yeah, I've got to, yeah, I was thinking about it before when he was kissing that other woman. Like, not not a good kisser, uh, Roger. Like, if we, no. if we rank the kisses of James Bond... <laughs> If you want to hear us rank the kissers. <laughs> Number one, Vargas. And, you know, for an extra $2 a month, we'll throw in an autograph picture of Roger Moore signed by Colin Hildinger and Ben Waterworth with lipstick <laughs> kissy marks on it. And for an extra $100 a month, one of us will recreate that kiss with our significant other. <laughs> but it has to be Colin and, and myself, not month. Noah, because he can't get a date. For $200 a month, one of us will recreate that with a special listener. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, we will, yes. We'll whore ourselves (laughs) out. Oh, this car. Was it you or Noah who boasted this was an ugly car? I I think it's a... I mean, it's a great gadget car, but I think it looks like such an ugly 70s car. I mean, it is such a product of the 70s. I completely agree with you, but it's... I think it's beautiful. It's such a, like, a sleek, streamlined... Like, oh, this this might be my favourite Bond car. Can the answer ever not be the Aston Martin? 
Well, in Ben Waterworth's eyes, apparently it can be. <laughs> ben Waterworth. It's even got tartan seat covers, Colin. They're, they're preparing has- for the old manness. <laughs> oh, this bit from, I love this. Frequently. <laughs> Frequently. That always gets shot. Just the way he looks away. And why does Q have to deliver this? Like, does he not have, I don't know, like like V or W who could deliver this instead? <laughs> does, is this why he has so many assistants? Because he's always just on the road. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always out of the office. We always talk about, we love Q on the scene. I think we need to start talking about when's Q like off the scene. <laughs> Q's never in the office anymore. <laughs> and we also should do a countdown. Best Bond check-ins in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, every second movie, he checks in at a hotel. She's attractive. Who's she? <laughs> What's with the frills around her neck, though? That's what I was looking at around her neck. Well, it is drawing your attention <laughs> into what's in the middle. I was looking at the Jesus cross. She's a religious <laughs> woman. It's pointing you towards the frills. <laughs> Follow Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, though, Bond's tie there. No. <laughs> I didn't see his tie. I was looking at his boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Equal opportunist pervs. I love her. I love this. What's her name? Yeah. Like, so... I, I'm not going to say underused, because I think what they use her with is great in this movie, but it would have been great to have her, like, reappear later Naomi. in the movie, too. Oh, she's yeah, great. Naomi, like... She's the original Xenia. Like, she's just so sadistic. You can tell by looking at her. She is sadistic. And she is gorgeous as well. Like, I mean, it's we've talked about how kind of it's hard to, I guess, look at men and women in this era and go, oh, they're attractive because, yeah. you know, it's different times. The style. Yeah. But, like, she, she is beautiful. She's got great eyes. And that legitimately, I mean, she has great eyes. I'm not trying to... Sorry, Ben, I didn't notice her eyes. <laughs> I did, Colin, you sick bastard. <laughs> He's changed his tie. He's gone to a blue one. <laughs> he heard the criticism in the last scene. <laughs> oh, no, Ben doesn't like my tie. <laughs> I just love the way, like, this, she's got this look, just keeps, like, eye flirting with him. Yeah. Oh, this music's so good here. Da, 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 da. There's the, here's another weird thing where they, like, obviously it's an effects shot. The way they sort of pan over and it, it, it almost goes like super speed. And then you could clearly tell like blue screen. But if you look, yeah, if you look sort of down the bottom kind of where the water meets it, like you can tell. Yeah. But if you just kind of, again, like it looks pretty solid for a 1977 <clears throat> movie. And I mean, I mean, clearly Star Wars came out this year and broke special effects for the future forever, really. But I mean, I don't often hear this movie talked about for kind of doing good things. You know, so many other movies were I'm not not hurt in a bad way, but hurt by Star Wars just because Star Wars dominated everything. But like The Spy Who Loved Me, it would have been interesting to be around in 1977 and see like, you know, what could this movie have done if there was no Star Wars? Because this ended up being like a massive movie. What came out first? Probably the most successful movies in years. Did this was this released before or after Star Wars? It would have been after. I think this was like a July, August release. July. And then Star Wars was like May. <laughs> yeah, like, could this have Sorry. could this have been like the highest grossing 
if Star Wars had not come out, would this have been like the highest grossing film of the year? Was this the second highest grossing movie of the year? No, but again, I think that has to do with the fact that it came out, what, two months after Star Wars. Mm. Like, this movie made a ton of money, but, you know, obviously the other movies that made a lot of money in 77, like things like Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out like at the end of the year. Star Wars had winded down. Like, just imagine no Star Wars. This could have been the movie of the summer. How many... Here's a bit of a, a quick thinking on your feet question. How many Bond movies were released the same year as a Star Wars movie? So you had this. Was Empire 1980, uh, so none that year. Return of the Jedi, yeah, so 83, yeah. Return of the Jedi and Octopussy. And mm, World is Not again. Enough. And, yeah, and then World is Not Enough. And Die Phantom Another Menace. Day. Die Another Day, Attack of the Clones. Uh, um, Spectre and Force Awakens. Yeah. Huh. This, okay, if there's one thing that bothers me with Stromberg, like, it, you watch this scene, you see the good in him, right? Like, the, the way he's looking at him, like, he's testing him. And then this next shot here where he sort of crosses his arms and he's like, aha, I've got you now. <laughs> like, it's, oh, that just always bothered me. Way, way too cheesy. Well, actually, just on talking about movie releases and that, that always, um, I don't know if it was deliberate or it was just coincidence, is that every time there was an Austin Powers movie, it was released the same year as a Bond movie. Yeah. And a Star Wars movie? Oh, almost. Uh, not 97, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, the re-releases. Yeah, there you go. Because that was one of my favorite trailers of all time, and I ripped it off in Kill Field 2, <laughs> was, if you see one movie this year, see Star Wars. If you yeah. see two movies this year, see Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that with, if you see one movie this year, see Revenge of the Sith. But if you see two <laughs> movies, see Kill Field 2. Yeah, I don't like... Stromberg's got, he's got quite a tan for a guy who never goes outside. Well, I was going to say, Stromberg's got also quite an ugly outfit. Like... <laughs> Why are they like evil? Evil turtles. You know, there is one prop where he's pointing to an upper window and you see the bottom of the ocean, the sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are we sunken right now? It doesn't like it. It's coarse and rough and irritating. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get the logistics of his lair, though. Like, why would you constantly have it underwater then up again? I, like, I feel like you'd be wasting a lot of resources in the constant up and down, up and down. Mm. Well, he's talking about this being the future for mankind. Like, under the sea, <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> Every time you think something bad's going to happen, it's not going to go under the sea. It's not going to happen. Not with that attitude, it's not. <laughs> Friendly cross nation under the sea. The sea. It's just like... um. Casper right now is very big into the Beauty and the Beast animated movie. Uh, and every time Be My Guest comes on, I'm always like, see, <laughs> see my, my best, best, see my, my best. best, made from real gorilla chest. <laughs> oh, classic Simpsons. <laughs> well, we, the other night, I was like, I had salad or something like that. It was really good. And I'm like, I didn't listen to the Simpsons. I made friends with salad. Yeah, I, I, I made that reference. Salad. I think we were at Mallory's dad's. And like, I didn't know that... She he kind of watched because Mallory's never seen The Simpsons, so I can she never gets what? anything I say. So like I kind of mentioned something and I started going, You don't make friends with salad and Mallory's dad started joining in and singing. I'm like, Yes, <laughs> you don't make friends with salad. How has Mallory never seen The Simpsons? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so she had never seen Star Wars, she'd never seen James Bond, she'd never seen The Simpsons. Yeah. She's never seen Mr. Bean. Yeah. Right. Why am I marrying her? <laughs> Actually, I mean, the most, to be honest, the most surprising ones are The Simpsons and Mr. Bean, just because, especially here in Canada, like, that's all that's on TV. <laughs> that and live updates about coronavirus every five minutes. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> uh, what's great is with the, the COVID 
going on right now. Uh, they decided they wanted to do free offerings of the uh, network news channels. So uh, CTV News has been on free update or free updates, uh, uh, free preview since March right now. And I still don't think that they've covered any other stories other than COVID in the last, <laughs> uh, what is that, five months? That's why it's free. I love this helicopter bit with Naomi soon. Oh, oh yeah. It's one of my favorite moments When she winks at him. Yeah, and he just like goes like, oh, okay. This, yeah. this like, made like, yeah. the, the Hall of Fame from memory. Whereas I will say Stromberg is underutilized uh, and under, you know, underdeveloped in this movie. Naomi, it is weird because it's the opposite. Like what they use her with is perfect in this movie, but you know, you do want more. She she steals everything she's in, and she's what in this movie? Yeah. for ten minutes. Carolyn mm-hmm. Monroe is her name. She and uh, and I imagine she could have been in the Fiona Volpe you know oh, spot, yeah. almost a top ten. Uh, Top 10 henchmen when we ranked. She's best known for a variety of uh, sci-fi and horror movies, it seems. Best known for many appearances in horror science fiction and action films in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, even this very dated music here, it it works. But I love this, like, sidecar with a missile. Yeah. Like, it's just so cool. It's just... Yeah. Now... If Stromberg, though, really wanted him dead, where he's – okay, there are different ways that you order to kill somebody. You order to kill him in their sleep, like in Dr. No, right? Yeah. Uh, but here he's like, no, I don't even care. You can publicly <laughs> kill him. Do whatever you want. He was that determined to kill him. Why did he let him leave Atlantis? All this business and he's still Well, this is where it just becomes Roger Moore's one-liners. Oh. And, and Anya doesn't say anything in most of these scenes. It's just they'll they'll do something and Roger will give a one-liner. Which is like, again, random tangent into something we just covered on the Oz Network, uh, Free Jack, where they just kind of go out of their way to make Mick Jagger and Emilio Estevez say one-liners. Yeah. Like, this is how you do it. Like, it's just, you know, all those feathers that he still can't fly. <laughs> so good. The thing is with this car, though, it just looks fast. Yeah, I'll give you that. What is that? Cement? What did he shoot at him? Jeez. Sewage? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, he saves it after every woman he's bedded. <laughs> is this one where it crashes through the roof? Mama mia. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a guy, the isn't guy it? Here. Yeah, well, I think it's a different guy. Um, it, it's the same gag of a guy drinking or whatever. Then the, the other guy who appears in future movies is on the beach. And did we? I remember a large portion of our Spy Who Loved Me episode trying to work out what he said. I just love Jaws coming out of it. <laughs> just looks at him. You know what I think he's saying? I think he's saying is a sign up for 007 on Patreon. <laughs> $3. Daniel Craig's what little a finger. <laughs> I love the music. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, In the name of the Hundred Acre Wood, <laughs> we claim thee in the name of the Hundred Acre Wood. What is it with Winnie word? the Pooh and freaking 007 recently? <laughs> oh, this bit. I love this bit. Yeah. Oh, it's so oh, good. Think, yeah. The nod. Whoa! I really wish we did video episodes just so we could have had that on film. Noah falling oh. off a chair. 
Yeah, if people don't know what we're talking about, listen to any of our recaps. And in one of our segments, uh, there was the audio of Noah falling off his chair. Because it was there. We, we, it was like It was before we recorded, yeah. yeah. That was... Well, I mean, you would hit record, but we hadn't started yet. And all of a sudden, we just hear Noah, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was, <laughs> it was like, like the most animated fall. On Survivor Oz one time, I remember we had done a something. And, you know, we ended up just staying on the line and talking for about another two, three hours after we'd recorded the episode. I think it was like Noah, Linda, myself, and Alex Morella. And Alex fell asleep. And I was still recording. <laughs> so I had this audio of, like, snoring Alex Morella uh, somewhere. Oh, here we go. This scene here. This always is in any montage. So good. Uh, funny story here. It was one of those two to three hour long conversations after an episode that was the birth of 007. <laughs> We'd brought it up a few times, hadn't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, and here we are today. Again, just want to point out in my long-winded defense of die another day. People bag out the invisible car, yet you literally have a car turning into a submarine here. But it's not invisible. <laughs> it could be an invisible submarine. <laughs> like, I, here's my defense of this. Yes, this is obviously very over the top as well, but people develop things like this. Like, even prior to the 70s, people were looking into are there cars that you could build that you could also drive into the water and it could operate as a boat. I still don't think anybody's invented invisibility as technology. I, <laughs> I think that's where it gets very sci-fi. I will say, Colin, you are incorrect because I was actually reading something uh, at some point saying no, that... No, see, I already know you're making that up because you don't read. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video um, that there was uh, <laughs> development, there was attempting, and I've just Googled it here, Mercedes in 2012. Uh, had invented a slight illusion. Um, so, although that was a publicity stunt. Hang on. There was definitely... <laughs> no, wait, no, wait. That was fake. <laughs> there was... No, I definitely read... I love... Hang the, on. The, the confidence you had... Oh, oh, contraire, Colin. In 2012, <laughs> I was reading, which, by the way, <laughs> doesn't happen. And they did it. They cracked it. They made an invisible car. No way. That wasn't real. At least I'm man enough to admit my mistakes. Um, <laughs> there, no, I'm swe I swear there was something that they did. Like somebody looked into it or something. I'm going to find this. <laughs> I know I'm. I know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I, I know I'm telling the truth. It's gonna happen one day. We're, we're gonna be like eighty years old on our deathbeds, and there's gonna be an invisible car, and I'm gonna be like, "How just so?" Just like the article I read in 2012. And gene sequencing would have been a thing by then. <laughs> Halle Berry would be an NSA agent. Denise Richards, a nuclear physicist. Denise Richards. <laughs> I just want, I want that clip of um, Pierce Brosnan saying Shirley Bassey to be Denise Richards. Denise Richards. <laughs> There's a reunion. Where's our Zoom reunion of the World Is Not Enough cast? Pierce Brosnan and Denise Richards finally together again. You know what? We, we, we got to add to the Pierce segments here. And just uh, taking the everything or nothing clip of him going, invisible car. <laughs> so funny. Oh, Pierce, what a man. 
Let's all just take a moment of life to remember Pierce Brosnan. Remember? <laughs> Shit, he's dead now. No! Not Pierce! I can Look, handle, I can handle Regis, but not Pierce! Rip Regis Philbin. Oh, he just dropped a hockey puck. Yeah. <laughs> or one of those toilet cakes he put in the back, turn the water blue. <laughs> Roger Moore just got signed up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love how there's, like, leaking water in the background. Oh, no, there we go. I love when he drops out of the water with the fish. Yeah. Oh, so good. Here here comes the guy. <laughs> this movie is ridiculous, but it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and they try to duplicate this with a hovercraft. And, and again, I, I think I can see the humor in the hovercraft. I actually don't mind that, but... It really was the same joke over again, just not as effective. Yeah, no, hovercraft is shit. You have a double take pigeon. Move on. I love yeah, how he literally got his windscreen wiper on as he's coming yeah. out of the water. <laughs> that guy dropping it out of the bottle. <gasps> I just want them to cut to that shot of Chief Brody where they zoom in on him here. <laughs> <laughs> Just the look on his face. Oh, my God. So good. Now Roger Moore wears all black because he's in the Empire. Why do this I just... Kyla. I just have... Oh, here's your girl, Ben. Oh, there she is. The frilly girl. I just... I keep having... <laughs> I think you just delivered it. That's one of my favorite more lines ever. <laughs> I keep thinking for some reason, and I know it's completely the wrong movie, but I just keep waiting for Bond to say Butterhook in this movie. I don't know why. <laughs> well, the train fight, is that why? Maybe. I don't know. I just, just have this constant image of I love that Butterhook. You keep you keep expecting to say that when the girl, the maid girl, comes up. <laughs> Butterhook. Butterhook. <laughs> Butterhook. That would be uh, Daniel Craigline. Wait to see what I can do with my Butterhook. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Butterhook. Butterhook. To the butter okay, hook. Now, to the butter hook. This scene is obviously so great. Like, because you go from them basically having maximum amount of sexual chemistry to then when this is over, I'm going to kill you. But uh, give me your opinion on the, the take at the end of this where they go from this scene and then it's like the most dramatic moment you've ever had in a Bond movie where the Bond girl is saying she's going to kill him. And then they cut to them you know, getting lifted up into the helicopter and Roger Moore is giving her a smile like, hey, baby, like that always felt really weird to me. Yeah, it, it doesn't really, I guess, balance well, but uh, how else would you do it, though? What what would you think you would do instead? How would you transition it? Well, it's just it, it kills the the, you know, moment here of, oh, no, Bond's in trouble. She's going to kill him where he's just sort of smiling it off in the next scene. It might. I mean, yeah, I mean, that might be one of these ones where, Going back to my... Just don't have him smile. True. Don't have him smile. Have this kind of... With a bit of another dramatic scene on either side of it or something. I'm not sure. But... Um, <laughs> Does he look familiar? It's like, show me his hairy back. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> George Lazenby. I replaced him. Yeah. Uh, Roger Moore's dramatic performance right here, though. So good. Oh, excuse me. I'm just burping at the sort of this... Um, <laughs> Again, Ben, edit these out. This is why no one wants to give you $3 a month. Um, 
I think, yeah, this is again one of those things that gets lost in the in the thought process of this movie because Roger Moore's never perceived as a serious Bond. He's never perceived yeah. as a dramatic Bond. And when he does have these moments, they're great. I mean, how many does he have in all of his movies? He doesn't really have many None. at all. I mean, Connery does. Um, I, but I don't know if Connery ever had something like this even. Because, but the thing is with Connery, as an actor, Connery could pull it off. But as Bond, could he pull it off? Like, because you don't... I don't yeah. know if you perceive that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that does look silly. Here is the smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Like, if you just have them staring at each other kind of without a smile, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, Yeah, like, I mean, you could almost see any other Bond actor pulling that scene off, couldn't you, with the exception of Connery, which is a weird thing to say yeah. because, like, Connery's the only Oscar winner out of all of the Bond actors. So, until Pierce finally wins his, of course. <laughs> for Eurovision. Come on. Story of Fire Saga. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, of all the dramatic scenes, it's up there as one of the most dramatic scenes. So this guy here, this actor, Shane Rimmer. Um, Shane Rimmer? He was in, well, he was in You Only Live Twice as well, but he's, uh, um, they had, I guess, laws in England that, you know, you had to use a certain percentage of local people. Like, you couldn't hire, you know, American actors for a British movie and everything. Uh, but he was an American who lived in England. So you'll see this actor pop up not only in multiple Bond movies. This is the biggest role he had. But he's in like uh, the, I think the first two Superman movies. He plays different characters. Um, I can't remember if he was in a Star Wars movie or not. But a lot of those big blockbusters that filmed in England, he's like a guy who's in there because they would have an American role. They're like, well, we can actually get a proper American actor to play this role because he technically lives in England. Colin. You just brought shame on your country. He is not American. What? He is Canadian. Is he? He's I from think Toronto. I even mentioned this before. Come on. Colin. Okay. And he, and he died within the last four months as well. Well, 15 months. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. ShaneRimmer.com. Oh, uh, yeah. We missed the boat. We could have gotten him on the show. We probably would have done it. Just would have said we, we have to have an, him. A, a Canadian quote on our podcast. We have to have it. So. <laughs> The self-proclaimed renter yank of the British entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Told you. He was in Diamonds Are Forever. He played Tom. And uh, he, I know he was one of the mission controllers, I think, in You Only Live Twice. Uh, he was Hawaii radar operator. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. He was in Gandhi, Superman 3. He was in The Lonely Lady. Dr. Strangelove. Oh, he was in Dark Shadows. Live and Let Die as a voice only in Live and Let Die. Huh. As Hamilton. Oh, yeah, and Star Wars. Hamilton. He was the guy. Okay, that, that's who he was in Star Wars. So he was the guy in Star Wars who, as Luke's getting in, he's like, this R2 unit of yours looks a little beat up. You want a new one? Uh, yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> Rent-a-Yank. I love that. <laughs> Should be Rent-a-Canuck. Yeah, the first Superman movie, Superman 2, Superman 3. <laughs> Rent a Canuck. That's what Vancouver's been doing for 50 years. <laughs> oh, underwater scenes that aren't dragged out for five hours. <laughs> hey, I like Thunderballs underwater stuff. And we just lost our $3 a month. <laughs> this is... The exact same movie as You Only Live Twice, though. 
body a lot better giant <laughs> the giant ships that swallows the smaller ships it just you know basically trying jeff to play daniels? the two- <laughs> other. it looks like jeff daniels from the side <laughs> a very very the young of- jeff daniels <laughs> Mayday. This is a very effective uh, model they have here. I was going to say Mayday and my men. Why am I thinking different quotes? What the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, it is. Mayday, murder. But is this more realistic than a spaceship swallowing a spaceship? It is. <laughs> this thing with models, though, like, you know, this would be done, no doubt, in over-the-top special effects. I'm sure they can make it semi-realistic, but there is something about this that makes it look... Be- well, better? it's because they'll cut. It's the same thing with Atlantis. They will show the model shot, and then they'll immediately cut to something where you see a giant portion of it, like just the leg of Atlantis, and you're in a boat. And the fact that you have this, you know, huge model shot of the the um, ship swallowing the ship here, and then they cut to the interior, which was, I think, this was the biggest set they ever constructed. This uh, eclipsed even the volcano set. And you only have twice the interior of the Lipperus here. Looks amazing, though. Like, look at that. Look at the size of it. And again, this is not, you know, with matte paintings or special effects. They built this to scale. Look at the elevator, the glass elevator. <laughs> this looks like a video game level. This really does. All the red dressed henchmen. Oh, so good. Imagine being one of them. Again, like, you could have just been a, a caterer on set. And they're like, oh, Johnny, we need you. And there you are. Like, you could always say, I was in a Bond movie. You go, there I am. I'm the guy with the silver hat on next to the yellow life ring. Yeah, you know, we will even sign a photo of yeah. the silver guy next to the yellow life ring yep. signed by either Ben Waterworth or Colin Hilton. Absolutely. We will. We, we, we will do whatever you want us to do if you want to give us money. We will even do Barbara Bach. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, um... <laughs> Better ask Ringo first. I'm not sure how he'll feel about that. Jamie and Mallory might also have something to say about it, but bugger it. If we're getting money, they'll understand. Exactly. It's for a good cause. It's for a great cause. <laughs> I feel like one of those ads where it's kind of like, are you sad of little kids starving in Africa? Then all you need to do is make us do Barbara Bark and we will save <laughs> little Frank in Sierra Leone from <laughs> Frank is his name. <laughs> I was going to go with like an African sounding name, but you'd say I was racist. So I just went with Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Whatever Sierra Leonean is for Frank. <laughs> By doing Barbara Bach, you will be saving the lives of some young innocent child. For only $2 a day, you can, <laughs> you can do Barbara Bach. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's asking for much. But please, think of the children. Like, Shane Rimmer was the rent-a-yank Barbara Box, like the rent-a-bock. <laughs> There's the episode title. Rent-a-bock. Rent-a-bock. <laughs> Better than Steve Biscuits. I love that we, you know, we come up with the episode titles after the fact, usually. <laughs> I wonder, like, the people who actually listen to this, <laughs> if they... They're just like, I gotta get through this two and a half hours. What is rent-a-bock? And then they hear it, they're like, ah, oh, I get it now. One eight hundred rent a bark. Rent a bark bark. Rent a rent a bark bark. Rent your bark bark now. Yeah. What was that jingle we were singing off the air? Wait, plug it in. Plug it in. Rent, rent a, a bark, bark. Rent a bark. bark. 
Do you hate Ringo Starr? Then rent a bark. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sad that George Harrison died before Ringo Starr? Then rent a bark. I love his logo. Have you been looking for that You've been looking at a special kind of woman who likes a hairy back. That rent a bark. That logo behind Stromberg there is just some ugly looking fish. <laughs> oh, takes a hat <laughs> off, punches him. See, if you God rent damn. a bark and you lose your hat, <laughs> then you can get her to punch someone too. It's not always about sex with rent a bark. You're right, that is a fish. I never even realized that. <laughs> I want that on a t shirt. <laughs> Checkered fish. <laughs> checkered fish t-shirt. If you give us $5 a month, you will get a checkered fish t-shirt. You know, we've we've got a t- one of those t-shirts for the highest tier now, 1-800-RENT-A-BUCK. <laughs> I just want a starving, like, African child on a poster with, like, world vision <laughs> rent-a-buck. <laughs> you know in the fifth element when she falls in the back of the cab and she says, please help. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. A picture of Barbara Bar- Rent-A-Bark. <laughs> Who does he look like, Stromberg? He looks like someone. I also really wish well, they would stop cutting off the bottom of Tas- of Australia there so I can see if Tasmania's on the map. Uh, we talked about this, I'm sure, in the recap, but the idea of Stromberg was that he was originally supposed to be Goldfinger's brother. Huh. Goldfinger's brother. Da, da, da. <laughs> Stromfinger. Goldberg. Goldberg. He could be played Goldberg. by the, the wrestler <laughs> dude. Yeah. Remember Santa Slay? That was a good movie. Oh, I was just listening to uh, our best of clips of Santa Slay. <laughs> Total sidebar here, but. Uh, we did a Christmas Tough Guys movie month for the Oz Network a few years ago, and we discovered a movie called Santa Slays with Bill Goldberg as a killer Santa Claus. So good. Uh, it's amazing. Like, our first five minutes of this is just us <laughs> laughing and in tears because we're like, these little children get, you know, uh, kicked around by Santa Claus. A dog gets kicked into a fireplace. Fran Drescher gets burned alive. That is the opening few minutes. Of Santa Slays. Somehow we always go back to Fran Drescher on this show, but let's be honest. (laughs) Colin burning Fran Drescher, it's a movie made for him. And Emily DeRaven. Even I rent a bark. (laughs) Literally Emily DeRaven starring point in her career. (laughs) A better actress in Santa Slay with an American (laughs) accent than she was in any episode of Lost. Did that take place in... Manitoba or something? Oh yeah, because they had the no, they had the flimflon jersey the for the, flon, yeah. the the hockey team. Yeah, so Canadian accent, Manitoba, Manitoba moose. See, I, this this is what I like with Stromberg, like that instruments of Armageddon, like the big you know Shakespearean delivery of these really over the top lines. He just has no personality. Well, I think his performance has a little bit of personality, but the, yeah, the character has no personality. You don't know anything about him, you know? He's old. He's old. <laughs> so it's Goldfinger's brother. Goldfinger was old. Old finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie should have been called. Old finger. <laughs> I love that giant gold globe there too. There's the Goldfinger tie-in. Yeah. A globe made of solid gold. 
<laughs> you just sound like freaking Beyonce in Gold Member. He's solid gold. Your least you favorite of the Bond movie, uh, the Austin Powers movies, isn't it? Um, I, I look at the Austin Powers movies very similar to the Men in Black. So the first one's the only one that's really any good. The second one is definitely the funnier of the sequels, but the third one is like the better story. That's a valid point. Although I wouldn't say Men in Black Two's funnier. Of the I'd say it's funnier than the third. Men in Black Two is one of those movies which I always thought I hated. Then I rewatched. I'm like, this isn't that bad. Yeah, like it's got like the the flushing sequence, which is, it's great. I mean, it's just the fact that it has Tommy Lee Jones, and again, nothing is Josh Brolin, but Tommy Lee Jones obviously better than Josh Brolin. The Barbie dolls in the boat there. Um, have you seen Men in Black International? I haven't. Don't. That's, uh, <laughs> I, 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 keep, I I can't find anybody who's seen it other than you. That is Liam Neeson in it for more than just one or two scenes. Yeah, yeah, but even Liam Neeson can't save that movie. Yeah, you know it's funny because that movie, what a year old now. Yeah, and keep seeing them already selling it at like discount prices. I'm like this is the the quickest I've ever seen something get to a bargain bin. I saw Tasmania in the map there in the distance. Um, yeah, it's just it was the year of 2019. Like, what was this movie? What were they thinking? Why? Like, it's just you can't like a Many Black movie is not a Many Black movie without Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. And I like the actors that they replace them with. But so do I. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's like a rush hour movie without Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, that was that TV series, right? Like, wow, that was bad. Bottom I love what? how easily people get knocked out in Bond movies. <laughs> like one kick to the face. Oh, and then he's unconscious. Or maybe he's dead. Like, should we have counted these as well, death? This is what I'm saying to you, Colin. You and Noah used to make fun of me all the time. Every time he knocks <laughs> someone out, you're like, oh, you always think they're dead. Well, you can see why I thought that. <laughs> I think this is all because of the death by canoe where you actually see the guy moving afterwards. That was Noah. That wasn't me. <laughs> I love this big giant room where they're just having a sleep out. Like they've got all their little <laughs> their little sleeping bags ready to go. Braiding each other's hair. So, Timmy, what did you think of the game on the weekend? I don't know why Timmy sounds like that, but well, that wasn't Timmy. That was, I don't know who that was. Shut that was, up. That was Frank. Shut up, Ben. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> if only someone would rent a bark. <laughs> what if these kids in Africa just sit around going, oh, World Vision, somebody sponsor me? That's probably a really horrible Jamie, thing to say, Ben, but I don't know how it works. Like, they, Jamie and I sponsor a kid now. I oh, do. You? Is it one of your not own? World, it's not through World Vision, but um, they say things like, you know, you can write them letters and they really like getting letters and stuff like that. I'm like, Jamie, Jamie's the one who insisted on getting this. Uh, she's the one who wanted to rent rent a Frank, uh, <laughs> but uh, she still hasn't written him a letter. So I'm going to give her a hard time. Come about on, that. Jamie, rent your kid a letter. Rent your kid a letter. <laughs> write your kid a letter. Rent him one too. Rent out one and then write it. I always wanted to do one of those ones where you like adopted a tiger. <laughs> Is that a thing? You like you pay like ten bucks a month and it saves like a tiger or something in Nepal or something, and you get a little stuffed tiger. And then you get a photo of your tiger every month. Oh, I want to, I want to like stuffed Frank. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, if you really want to get more money, World Vision, you'll start giving away plush versions of the kids you sponsor. <laughs> so, oh sponsor a child today, and we will send you a Funko Pop of your child. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
wow. It's an idea. <laughs> little little African Funko Pop sitting on your desk. Who's that? Oh, just Frank. <laughs> Funko Frank. Funko Frank. Wow. Jeez. I like the idea. That took a turn for a path I wasn't expecting, but okay. <laughs> Stuffed Frank. Well, we got this epic action sequence here. Ah, uh, bring back one of these henchmen flying. Just yeah. Well, okay. So Daniel Craig has only had, I'd say, one big battle scene. Like Quantum of Solace is probably the closest thing to a big battle scene with like lots of people involved. I mean, Casino Royale, you had like three guys against Daniel Craig. Monocle you know? Man. Monocle Man, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Spectre, it's just, you know, small house and I'm not even talking about the location. I'm just talking about lots of people involved, whether it's just bond against an army of people, but I, I want to see an army again. Again, Spectre have that giant bubble lair in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Man they burning, Colin, it. man burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that they dramatically throw a grenade in a movie. And the grenade just stops on a dime. They should be doing what they did with um, the man from Hong Kong and Lazenby's mouth and... Yeah. <laughs> Put in Stromberg's mouth. Oh, cool. <laughs> now, that uh, rocket there, um, if this was an Austin Powers movie, is that making you <laughs> horny, baby? Not now, A little Austin. bit <laughs> That's Donald Trump. <laughs> this could take hours. You got a date? <laughs> <laughs> I love the helicopters in bubbles. <laughs> what? Do you know it's on the on the Atlantis there? If you the long shot, you see like helicopters in bubbles. What what good does that do? <laughs> Protects it from the rain. <laughs> I guess. Well, can... I guess no. It would make sense because when they're going underwater. Well, build an underwater helicopter. <laughs> it's not a helicopter, then, is it? It's a, it's a Lotus. <laughs> what is an underwater helicopter? A submarine? I guess. <laughs> we got plenty of them in this movie, Ben. What's a submarine? Who is this? Who are you? This sequence is great, too. The penis Because like, you see Bond... This is one of the few times you see Bond sweating. Didn't we talk about that earlier in this movie? Like, when does Bond sweat? Yeah. Not enough for armpit sweat. This movie. Where's random Goldfinger guy coming in to save the day? Yeah. <laughs> This is where, like, plot twist. It just blows up. Boom. James Bond will not return. James Bond will not return. How funny would that be, like, if we're watching No Time to Die in, like, 2027 or whenever it comes out, and then, like, you see the text at the movie, and it's like, James Bond will not return. I love that moment, too. It's like, James, you sure you know what you're doing? And he goes, has to be a first time for everything. And they cut to this one guy, zoom in. He's like, gulp. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. Well, even right here, like, the way he's saying it's like, if any part of this goes off, the bomb goes off. I'd still love to talk to somebody who's seen a nuclear bomb in real life to find out if this is what they look like. Yeah, it's, well, it's like the Fort Knox thing when the, they actually talked to somebody who was inside Fort Knox after they made Goldfinger. It's like, just so you know, Fort Knox looks nothing like that. I mean, in all seriousness, a nuclear bomb is probably the most boring-looking thing in the world. Yet, I mean, clearly in a movie, you've got to have to have it like wires and countdown clocks and everything. But imagine if they really were like this. Imagine if there's like somebody just in a nuclear facility in like the States and it's just like, yeah, no, they do look like that. Yeah, pretty much. 
Especially the warning label on the side. Warning, nuclear bomb. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Plutonium. You mean it's not going to blow? I can stop it. He had a lot of guts. And then there was silence as we watched the movie for once. It's going to be like a golf game now. <laughs> Colin and Ben have nothing <laughs> to add. <laughs> Colin quirps with a slight little remark there. He'll be very impressed with what he just said. The audience listening would have had a slight little chuckle. How will Colin follow this up? If you're quiet enough, you may hear the babies having a bath in the other room. Hilarious quip there from Colin Hilding. Reference to his children. Always a good one there to go to. Great fallback from Colin Hilding. And for $30 a month, you can get your own plush version of Colin's children mailed to you. <laughs> part of the Patreon membership with 007. There's a reason why I don't sponsor children and that. Nobody wants me to have a plush version of a child. <laughs> ben, following up Colin's quip there with a hilarious little joke about him being a pedophile. Classic humour. Never fails. We should start no doing commentaries on our commentaries. Yeah, it was Noah's racist remark edited out for content. <laughs> Noah's here the whole time. We've just cut everything He's he said. Every episode. He really is. Yeah. You just don't realize it. You should have heard what he was saying about the Egyptian people before. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. No. Can we recut this with a different theme music? You're like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I just love the look at his face. It's like, okay, I get why you've got the bomb theme, but like, because it's traveling so slow, it kind of feels a bit out of place. Like, if this was just like, you know, world's not enough when he's like, Bond, James Bond, and like goes up the things really fast. He's going so slow, and you've got. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, in all fairness, it's still faster than most of his fight scenes in A View to a Kill. <laughs> Touche. Don't do it, James. Pew! <laughs> pew, pew! <laughs> pew, pew! Oh, when we get to do Moonraker. Pew, pew, pew! <laughs> I love this with like, the monitor stopped working. The guy, did you press the button? <laughs> of course I pressed the button. Did well, you press it again. Did you call the auto club? Yeah. <laughs> this is very embarrassing. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to call the help desk for this. Oh, just the dead guards laying on the ground. Who cleans up afterwards? Where's the... who, who cleans up the guts of the dead guards? Oh, Colin said there's fire and no one burning. And look, they're actually running through fire. Like, you're just missing your opportunities here. There's overdramatic grenade throw again. That guy barely even moved. It was like somebody pushed him. It's like, Johnny, act. You've got a grenade going off near you. Okay. Ah. <laughs> it is funny, oh. Casper. Yeah, that's that's uh, Remy now. Oh, sorry, Remy. <laughs> Jamie came into the middle of my recording studio to change his diaper. <laughs> Does it smell? Well, he just had a bath, so. Oh, so Jamie's here. Is this random Jamie quip of the week? Yeah, <laughs> Jamie, do you want to tell us about which shirtless guy we should be talking about today? Well, 
Oh, okay. Wow, your own oh, son, Jamie. You need I got help. The twin wrong. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I thought this was Remy. <laughs> don't even, hey, hey, hang on, hang on. I'm worried here. Colin doesn't know his children apart, and Jamie's so into shirtless men she's checking out her own son. What is going on in Winnipeg right hey, now? In my defense, they're identical twins, Ben. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I don't even remember the name of your other two children at the time. <laughs> doesn't one of them have Bond as a middle name? That's Casey. That's the one who you're hearing right now. Casey Edward Bond. And Remy Malik Hilding. <laughs> Remy William Lennox. Lennox. Named after the great Canadian gold medalist Lennox Lewis. Oh, there you go. Didn't go with Ben Johnson? No. <laughs> I went with the other pride of the 1988 Olympics Donovan? for Canada. Not Donovan Bailey? <laughs> I, I pitched a lot of Olympic names as well as a lot of Bond names. I'm not even joking. I, I pitched to Jamie, like, you know, what about Trevelyan as a middle name? What about Goldfinger? Yeah, and, and I think I mentioned this before. If it was a girl, uh, one of our twins was going to be named Vesper Lind Hilding. I think the only one I'm allowed to have uh, is a middle name. I'm allowed to have Enzo named after the guy who created Ferrari. That's all I'm allowed to have. She won't let me have Madonna as a middle name if it's a girl. Ugh. Good job, Mallory. <laughs> like Mallory's any better. You probably had another child since we started recording this episode. You don't know its name either. <laughs> so that's what she was doing in the other room, popping another one out. There's three this time. We're just multiplying each time. <laughs> I just have this image of Jamie just constantly being barefoot and pregnant, popping out babies in the background <laughs> while we're recording. It's you know, we have we have a we have a friend who um, they had their first born two days after we had the twins. So we're talking like just over a year ago, and she was really on the fence about whether she wanted to have another kid because like one is so much work. And then she actually said to Jamie, "You know, I thought to myself, if you can handle two more of these things, I'm sure I can handle one more." And she's about to deliver triplets. Holy <laughs> so moly! Never joke about it. <laughs> Message for you and Mallory: Never joke about multiples. Wow. Uh, she's going to be like that octuplets woman. This is a competition now. <laughs> uh, we're going for, for nine tuplets, whatever that is. Nine tuplets? What is the nine version of tuplets? Nine tuplets. Now, did they just go nuclear? They did. This is the only nuclear bomb we've ever seen in... I remember talking yeah. about this because, like, this, this would still have fallout in the ocean and everything, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Now, Stromberg's really pissed now. You've just killed all the marine life and who knows how much of the ocean. Yeah. Where does that random explosion come from there? It just waited. The shimmering looks of Roger Moore. <laughs> so, where... Where are those new, like, what parts of the ocean? They're just in the middle of the Atlantic or something? Because they were going to blow up New York and uh, Moscow, right? So, Well, Atlantis was parked, if you want to call it that. Where was it? Uh, Fifth Street in Maine. It was somewhere in the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, the Mediterranean, sure. Yep. So we're, we're probably not even in the ocean. <laughs> there we go. Well, then, the Mediterranean is just fucked, isn't it? The Mediterranean Sea is done. Like, two, they didn't not go back one, two until, nuclear bombs. They didn't go back there until, you know, the world is not enough. That's how bad yeah, it was. Exactly. 
Have we had Stromberg in this movie in the last 15 minutes? Uh, I don't think we've had him since he was still on the Lipperus. That's another thing, though. Like, this is kind of, you got this big plan of bombs and everything. It's like, well, shouldn't we have a villain going like... Well, we had the one shot of him talking to Anya, just to remind you, she's been kidnapped. He's with a lady. He's rented a buck. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> Stromberg 1-800-RENT-A-BUCK. <laughs> now, don't we have Bond on a jet ski here or something? And isn't this like the first yeah. um, use of a jet ski or something in a movie? Or isn't there some sort of happen. record or something? Yeah. Well, I I think, yeah, it wasn't a big deal probably this, you know, at least not in a movie. Because they really do focus on it a lot, even though it's a short moment for the movie. Well, it's like what we talked about in A View to a Kill, the snowboarding. That wasn't really a thing. Bond mm-hmm. is so trendsetting. I mean, the invisible car rage of 2002. Yeah, it went through the roof sales after that. What if they got here and they just didn't fit? They're like, oh, I knew I should have made the hole bigger. <laughs> That's what he said. Colin, that was a sex joke. Look it up. <laughs> Jamie would know. That's how twins came. Oh, great. Another twins here. <laughs> oh, can my home studio just be off limits for diapers? Colin's such a great father. Don't know the name of my kids. I've grown another one's here. <laughs> I know their names. I just don't remember which one is which, Ben. <laughs> just draw on them. Like put a permanent dot on their head or something like that. You know, it, it's funny because uh, my brother has twin girls and um, the only way you could tell them apart is that they both have blue eyes, but one has like a brown spot in the middle of the blue part of her eye. And then I've got you know, several other people I know who are twins or who have twins. And there's always like one distinguishing feature. The only distinguishing feature between my kids is that Remy's head is bigger than Casey's. <laughs> so he's the smart one. Well, <laughs> not really. <laughs> calling your kid dumb now. Okay. That's it. Dumb. He's just... <laughs> Jamie's standing up for I children. I Colin! Dumb, but you're laughing. <laughs> you're the one who, from birth, you're like, I think Casey's going to end up being the smartest of the kids. I'm just echoing your opinion, Jamie. <laughs> my baby, my baby, great. My baby, my baby. So you can hear more of this on Patreon.com by paying us $10 a month is what we're asking for. As we, <laughs> Thank you for the sneak preview, Jamie. As, what people are not going to be paying us money for. We're going to play the brand new game, Which Child Is This? Featuring Colin Hilding, guessing yes, his children. Twin. <laughs> the twin is right. Wheel <laughs> of twin. Uh, if you want to hear a funny moment related to James Bond's Judy Dench, listen to our recap of Get Shorty. Was that Get Shorty? It was, yeah. Wheel of Judy. <laughs> I do love Shane Rimmer here, though. Was like, James, these orders come from the top. <laughs> He's like really angry all of a sudden. I'm a rent a Canuck. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. But like, Q had to make that trip for a 30 second handoff of the keys to the Lotus for Bond. But here he's like, just FedEx it to him. <laughs> we, I played with this. Um, for our old recaps where we would do the the quotes to the music where he's like uh give me one hour no it's like 40 minutes no one hour <laughs> just back and forth 40 minutes and you will hear that 
on our closing part because I can't be bothered creating a new one, so I just use the old ones. That's right. People can still hear those. This is a true story, how jet skis used to be sold in the 1970s. <laughs> this is the Ikea jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> it really does look like the Ikea of jet skis. <laughs> Wet bike. Is it called wet bike? That's what it said on the side. I mean, that makes sense. It's a bike and it's wet. It's just like when um, uh, they have TV shows or movies or whatever, and they don't want to pay for the licensing for a box of cereal, yeah. so they end up having hoops or something like that. Yep. Wet bike. <laughs> oh, here he is. Hello, Stromberg. Good of you to show up. In the same room he's been in for 90% <laughs> of this movie. Seriously, is he not in any different mo- room for this movie? Well, he has the one scene on the, the Lipperus that we missed earlier. Um, and then I think he's on the second level of this room later on. Why would Bond... But it's all one big room. Why would Bond go in this? Well, because he knows what he has to do. He has to... <laughs> he knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do. <laughs> no, like, because he, he, he hangs on to the ceiling right here, so... I knew that. <laughs> That's the same shot of the shark we saw before. True story, that shark went on to star in Jaws for the Revenge. <laughs> Made it big after this movie. That really is a great movie. Jaws for the Revenge. <laughs> Just, oh, God, how have we not done that in Bad Movie Month? The shark roars, people. The shark roars. I'm so excited now that movie theaters have uh, semi-reopened here in Manitoba. And uh, on Tuesday, I'm planning to either go see Back to the Future or Jaws. Oh, wow, that'd be awesome. I need to look up our local theater. What ones do they put? Is this a, a Cineplex one? Cineplex, yeah. Oh, they're pushing. Like, we have, um, I think, seven different Cineplex locations in Winnipeg, but only two of them are open right now. And they're only open Saturdays, Sundays, and Tuesdays at the moment. Yeah, we've only got, like, two you, open. You know what, is this gun, is this gun what they use to pass the salt at the table? <laughs> Got to be careful the way they do it. Can you please pass the salt? Pew! Ah, yeah. salt! <laughs> Oh, okay, so I'm looking up here. Oh, my spy is still on. Well, yeah, that's the thing they're doing is they're they're playing movies that uh, were either supposed to be released during, you know, this COVID or movies that were still in theaters because you know Ben Affleck's The Way Back is still there in The Visible Man. Impossible. You got Mission Impossible. Oh, which one? Uh, I don't know if I've got it, but I'm just looking at uh, the first one. I would go. I- I'm going to drive to Victoria just to see that. I don't we know. have the uh, no, the we don't have night. it. It's Sherbo, Quarter Latin, Langley, and Edmonton. Langley is in Virginia. Uh, sure, uh, that's why. <laughs> no, I don't. That's where he hits the teeth with the, the bullet. I'm trying to find out what we've got because like it's weird that they have different ones. <laughs> what do you mean different ones? <laughs> a little trap door thing there. Whoa! <laughs> okay, Silver City. They really went out with all this, this movie. I am watching. I'm just also looking at movies at the same yeah. time. So we've still got no, all the... Tell me because I want to know. Well, we've got all the Dark Knight trilogy IMAX experience. That's what they're showing today, yeah. Got here. Sonic, Jumanji The Next Level, The Invisible Man, Bad Boys for Life, The Gentleman, Gravity. Uh, oh, yeah, we got that one here. The Karate Kid. Yeah, we got Target that. number one, Jurassic Park. 
my and my spy. Ooh, Jurassic Park or my spy? What would you see? I saw Jurassic Park was playing, but it's it's further from my house, so I'm thinking I'll do Back to the Future or Jaws because I also saw Jurassic Park in 3D a few years ago, and I've never seen Jaws or back to the future in the theater i have seen so i've seen jurassic park overall three times because i saw it when it first came out i saw the 3d version and then the week before fallen kingdom at the cinema when we were living in queensland they showed it for like 10 bucks we went and saw it on the big screen again so i mean i'd never be opposed to seeing it but i i think uh the prospect of bond movies coming out is what had Mm. me really excited you know i think we both mentioned there's several countries now that are doing like a bond movie a week (laughs) until no time to die Sorry, I just realized Jaws is floating around with a magnet on his mouth right now. <laughs> yeah. And we miss all those shots where Connor, or not Connor, where Moore is like smiling at him with a big toothy smile. I'm very tempted to go and see Jurassic Park on Tuesday for $3. It's $3 to see it on the big screen. I know. Screen. It's like, if you're paying full price, it's 5 bucks. I mean, I've got like 30,000 free movies on my freaking whatever it is that's the other thing like here in canada we have uh, a thing called scene yeah which is done through the scotia bank but you can also get it just from going to the movie theater and basically every time you use your debit card every time you use your visa you're accumulating points towards free movies and um we had so many built up that we were planning to use uh right before the theaters closed down that we just started using them to rent movies like digital rentals mm-hmm. And we still have like enough for three admissions. I mean, it'll probably even more with this. Uh, actually, when um, uh, Skyfall came out, you know, that was right before. I think Skyfall came out the week before we got married. Uh, I went opening night with like a group of seven or eight people. And I just told them, oh, you know what? I'll pay for the movie and you guys can all get me back. We put it all on the visa. We got like, I think, a bunch of free movies because we also put our honeymoon on the v- visa. Uh, so I didn't even have to pay for the movie. Our honeymoon was on the visa and we had like six free admissions. So I basically paid for my admission and just pocketed everybody's cash. Spending I, money for the honeymoon. I wish I knew seven people. <laughs> but you know more and they just always leave you. <laughs> no. Me- meanwhile, George just killed a shark. Uh, <laughs> with his bare with teeth. With his bare teeth. Back to the movie. Do scene points expire? No. Okay, good. We have a thing in Australia called flybys, and they do expire if you don't use them after a while. Why did Stromberg dress her like this? Wouldn't you? I mean, well, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I know why. But Stromberg, like, do you really get the impression he's straight? I don't. No. <laughs> wow. I don't get the impression he's anything. I, I get the impression he would do it with a fish. He's Colin. He's just he doesn't. He's not interested yeah. in anything. He doesn't know what it is. Sex. What's that? I like a good flooding scene, too. <laughs> so why don't you like Titanic, you moron? It's a terrible movie. You're a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think I'd go there, did you? But I did. <laughs> oh, is this his bathos up? Oh, God. <laughs> because how does he land in a sub that's underwater that doesn't have water in it? What? Oh, who's what? Smiths? It says Smiths on that Smith. timer on that timing screen. It said Smiths. Who is Smith? Who is he? I don't know what you're talking about? Rewind it. <laughs> oh, fine. Then our listeners will rewind it too. On the count of three, rewind. <laughs> Do you ever sit in a movie theater sometimes and go, "Rewind it. I missed it." <laughs> hey, I'm not kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me get to the one there, Miss Judge Stromberg. <laughs> How does all that like alcohol bottle still sitting there on the shelf? That thing just got expanded like, like up in the water. Shouldn't all be like off yeah. the shelf? It's all sitting there properly. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> He's funny. It is great to, though to do that callback because I think the audience almost had forgotten at this point she said she was going to kill him. Yeah. He's got a giant mole on his face. I've never noticed that before. <laughs> it's kind of distracting. Does it bother you? Yes. Again, it reminds me of Austin Powers. Moly, 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 moly. I love that Jaws gets the Jaws ending here of the swimming towards the shore. <laughs> then he comes out of the water in a bikini underneath the mango tree. <laughs> Can I just point out, true story. Mallory's dad's friend is, like, really into plants and shit and thought that we needed a plant. So she, like, gets seeds from fruit and then just grows, it like, a plant out of it. So they've got, like, avocado tree plants and stuff. They don't really grow avocados and that. But she had a mango seed, so we have a little mango tree plant that is sitting up on our nice. shelf. So I can stand under it and literally go, underneath the mango tree. And you know what? For an extra $10 a month, we will get Ben in a bikini <laughs> underneath his mango tree, singing underneath the mango tree. And I will sign it somehow. <laughs> God, has somebody paid to have me in a bikini? Jesus. Keeping the British Do they not notice that they've been picked up on board? Does James Bond ever notice? Now, this has to be one of the best closing lines ever, if not the best closing line in Bond history. Yep. <laughs> I just nobody does a better. I just really want to like picture this real world situation of a spy who just constantly gets caught having sex, has a quick little one liner. Like, what does M do there? Oh, James, and goes off and has like a oh, shandy or something. Like, this is um, uh, I guess the trilogy of movies that had the slight alteration of the theme music on the end. I mean, this is the regular version, but you get like the nobody does it better. <laughs> and man <laughs> with the golden, man with the golden gun had the, you know, uh, good night, good night. <laughs> and then we get disco moonraker. Disco moonraker. Oh my God. Boom, 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 boom. In the name of the hundred acre world. <laughs> every, every time you keep saying in the name, I keep thinking you're going to go in the Navy. <laughs> Village people doing a Bond theme? Come on. Well, there you go. The spy who loved me. So what's... Go okay, we, well, we know what's next is the man who haunted himself. That is correct. Uh, Roger Moore, what year did that come out in? Uh, 71, maybe? 70? Eh, it Somewhere out. around. Around the time of Bond. So it was before Bond, That will be it? our next episode. Um... I guess it would have been before he did, he did Bond, yeah. It was. If you give me two seconds, it came out in 1970, yes. But, but. <laughs> Colin and Ben will return in commentaries for Andrew.Hedges.Random yes. number. All four. right, so uh, let's for those playing at home, I really should uh, once again reiterate what we haven't done because we're now down to, I think, nine or eight that we haven't done. If I quickly... Do my calculations. Uh, we have not done eight. So there are eight films we have not done, which, uh, again, are we putting the asterisk to Spectre, saying that we will do Spectre before No Time to Die? We're saving that one. 
So yeah, exactly. So if I see number 24 come up right now, we are not doing it. I think we have literally promised to do it and then had it come up so many times that we've refused <laughs> to do it. So anyway, but all right. Know, it, it really speaks. It really speaks to Baldus on it yet. <laughs> like, oh, they missed Spectre this month. Don't say anything. <laughs> Don't say, I'm the one who keeps bringing it up. So, you know, there's something wrong there. So <laughs> uh, the ones that are left... Uh, from Russia with Love, You Only Live Twice, Moonraker, Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, License to Kill, and Quantum of Solace. Of course, Spectre, but again, we just went over that. So, I am going to press this button at andrew.hedges.name for such experiments for such random, and we're going to get number six, which is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. We've already done it. Let's try that again. Number 16 is License to Kill! Yes! Oh. Yes! You know what? In, yes! in a weird way, I kind of was hoping for that too. Oh, it makes me so happy. Makes me oh, so happy. Fine. I can't wait to sit on an episode <sighs> of License to Kill with Colin Hilding. Old buddy. Okay, well, let's let's just say this made even lower than Moonraker. This was my bottom Bond film. Yeah. Uh, lower and than was it, was it? Yeah, Die Another Day was my second to bottom. On Noah's list, I'm pretty sure it was like his second from bottom. Uh, was it that low? I thought he had it higher than that. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to find you it. You tell me. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> somewhere. We did ask Noah where it was, but he said something racist and offensive there, so we had to cut <laughs> it out. Yeah, third last. So yeah, Quantum last, Die Another Day, oh, second last, License to Kill, third last. And for those who are wanting to know how much I like it, I had it at 12th. So... No. Originally, I had it at ninth, but I dropped it down three spots in our uh, spot. I, I, I actually really do love License to Kill. I I am a Dalton defender. I actually probably like License to Kill more than I like Living Daylights. Um, it's just one of those movies that, as I said in this episode, I'm, if I'm going to put on a random Bond movie to watch, um, License to Kill is on my list of ones that I will put on. I, just, I used to watch this movie so much as a kid. Um, and, of course, we've had the honour of speaking to Robert Davi, so... Yeah, no, we've got a connection to it, but I'm looking forward to it. You're going to have a Dalton defender and a Dalton hater. God damn, I don't even remember doing Living Daylight's commentary with you, Colin. So, uh... My name is Jugs Galore. Oh, is that it? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's right. Um, Well, here's the thing. I, I have come around on Living Daylight's a little bit. It still isn't like my favorite Bond movie, but I've come around. This is honestly the only Bond movie that my opinion has never changed on because there are Bond movies that I like. I originally liked Diamonds Are Forever, and then you know I started to dislike it. I originally didn't like Live and Let Die, and then I started liking it. Uh, Diamonds Are Die Another Day. I originally liked it, and then I didn't like it. This, from the first time I saw it until now, always been the worst Bond movie to me, and it's the one that I've seen the least because I will always watch through all the Bond movies before a Bond movie comes out. But if I'm ever just putting on a Bond movie just to watch one, this will never be my choice. Um, there's still some things to enjoy with it. Gladys uh, Knight. Gladys Knight, yeah, <laughs> with or without the pips. Uh, but I liked uh, I liked Lupe in this movie. Yep. I like um, uh, Dario. I like uh, uh, Sanchez. Uh, um, what's his face? Milton Crest or whatever his name is. Milton Crest, yeah. Wayne Newton. I, I like Sharky. I like Wayne Newton. There really is a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, it's just. Dalton and uh, what's her name? Not so Pam. good. Pam. Yay, Pam. Pam. Oh, Pam's bad. The- uh, but, you know, like I said, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that we got this because it's a, it's a nice change of pace. We haven't been able to watch Dalton in a while. 
And it will remind everybody out there of why License to Kill is as bad as it is. It's actually funny. I was listening to random, you know, put my iTunes on shuffle and songs come on. And one came on the other day. It was a score, a piece of score from License to Kill. And I think it's from the opening sequence when they've got the whole helicopter bit. And it's just, there's a motif of the Bond theme that they use in it, which has got almost like an electric guitar to it. And mm-hmm. I've got to remember um, when we talk about it that, like, it's such an underrated little piece. It's an underrated soundtrack, License to Kill. I actually really like the License to Kill soundtrack. I like the song. I like the License to Kill song. I was the only one on the episode who did. Um, oh, I'm excited. I love License to Kill. Great movie. You know what? In all honesty, if, if I separate it from being a Bond movie, it's not a bad movie. It's just to me, it's not a Bond movie. It is a decent lethal weapon movie. And there is so much that is Americanized with that movie that. I think it it doesn't make it feel like Bond to me. You that's know, me and Skyfall. I, that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts on Skyfall. It's not a Bond movie. It's a good movie. It's just not a Bond. I thought you meant Americanized. Oh, what Skyfall's Americanized? What? Yeah, no, I'm like because I said License Kill was very Americanized. Well, and again, we'll talk about it. It was at the time, like you know, like come on, keeping up with the times. And then it failed in America, and and did well everywhere else, but failed in America. So. Lesson learned. And wasn't Never it, happened again. And it, was it not meant to be called License Revoked and it got changed Yeah, or it was. Or? Yeah, because people aren't going to understand what that means. Americans <laughs> don't know what revoked means. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring on License to Kill. All right. Now, we we had a bit of a delay in getting this episode out. We were doing really good there. Monthly episodes, bi-monthly episodes. Um, you will hear probably the man who haunt himself maybe even sooner than two weeks from now just because our other shows do not have any obligations at the moment so uh we can start getting some of these double seven episodes out there but that'll be next so if people can find roger moore and the man who haunted himself which is supposedly the best non-bond movie he ever made uh that is going to be our next full recap and then following that we're going to do license to kill commentary and i have no expectations on what we're about to do next. I don't even think I've seen a trailer. I think I've just literally seen a poster of it and read the Wikipedia page. So yeah, I have no clue what to expect from this movie. None. And who's all. hosting that one? Um, yep. Probably you, me. I don't know. Yeah, it is me. One of us will host it. Colin. <laughs> one of us, Noah. And we're going to have to edit them all out. So <laughs> nobody will be hosting by the time Particularly you hear it. <laughs> 70s when he can get away with more. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when it was okay to be offensive back then. Yeah, oh, good old days. Uh, uh, as we said earlier, you can sign up for our Patreon right now. We would appreciate anybody. If you want to give us the $3 a month, you know, you're going to get some great content. You're you're all going to – anybody who signs up is going to get our bonus episodes, uh, which will be in addition to the bonus episodes we're already doing. Uh, and then, as you said, different tiers. You can be in groups, group chats with us. You could be on group Skype calls with us. You can get autographed pictures of – Pam Bouvier, go to autographed Colin's by house, Ben Waterworth. Guess the child. You can go to my house. <laughs> um, and, and you can choose episodes. You can have it as a brought to you. All these great things. Uh, if you sign up for our Patreon, uh, give it a try. And if it sucks, uh, we'll just keep paying it. us. And we'll just be better. <laughs> just just, just stop it. Stop just, getting no, don't Patreon stop it. wrong. <laughs> if, if you don't like what we have, pay us more. We'll be better. If you... <laughs> If you pay us more, I will personally recreate the uh, Alan Partridge sequence, the whole thing. And if you pay me more, I will personally play BB in our recreation of Your Eyes Only. <laughs> and I will come into the bedroom and get too excited. I just Jamie really... still thinks I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> I really want to see you in a bed now with a sheet. 
<laughs> well, that was always our, our thing with uh, putting your face on BB's body. <laughs> There's a t-shirt. I would, I would, Colin, I would gladly put my face on BB's body. <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, any other questions about our Patreon, feel free to message us uh, or just sign up and then ask us in the private group chat. <laughs> My name is Colin. Um, I am also available in plush form. <laughs> and my name is Rent-a-Bin, and I've got all these feathers, but I can fly, so screw you, James Bond. I have a message for you. I think you're just a little bit. Well, tell him to pull up. I need it. Bring tears to your eyes. But James, I need you. So does England. Nobody does it better. <laughs> and I'm a naked woman in silhouette with a gun, spinning round. James Bond. And the woman is Major Masova, a Russian agent. A British agent in love with a Russian agent. No business and your people get killed. Then, when this mission is over, I will kill you. Well, I had lunch, but I seem to have missed dessert. I didn't realize you had such a healthy appetite. He just dropped in for a quick bite. Let's try reverse, that's backwards. Women drivers. Shake, but not stirred. Where's Peckish? Pyramids! What a helpful chap. I wasn't looking. <laughs> Somehow you found me. Uh, oh, bit of bush. Can you play any other tune? I creating a world. A new and beautiful world beneath the sea. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. I just got this signal from the Pentagon. Destroy Atlantis fast. I need an hour. Well, that comes from the top. 40 minutes. Okay, one hour. 40 minutes. You got a date? Egyptian builders. Take care of his equipment. Hugh, have I ever let you down? Frequently. What's the matter, sailor? You never see a major taking a shower before? I want that ready for Ackman's tea party. When one is in Egypt, one should delve deeply into its treasures. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Out like having a bar meet now another naked woman walking on the top of a gun. Completely Billy Bollocks. Baby, you're the best! Hope you enjoyed the show. Good night. Mamma mia, che è successo! Oddio, tutto distrutto!